a friend of my mom's was like, oh, you know, a girl that sh- comes to my store used to date a guy that owns snakes. You know, maybe he would let Ryan come over. And I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be the, a dude with like some corn snakes or maybe some boas or ball pythons in his basement. But that's cool to me because like you'll find out like as we talk, like I like everything. It ended up being Peter Call. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Welcome to From the Ground Up podcast, portcitypythons.com. We have some animals available. Um, We do have some animals left over that we did not sell at the show, so we still have some animals available, as well as t-shirts. And then, as far as what else we got to talk about, we have Amazon links down in the description. Also, did you see on Instagram, someone in Australia was wearing our shirt? No. Did we send a shirt to Australia? I didn't realize we did, <laughs> but I posted on our story and I forgot to tell you, yeah, someone in Australia was like doing this, this, and this and wrapping the best or wearing the best like reptile podcast t-shirt. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. So okay, thank you. Cool. And I'm sorry that I missed out and I didn't, I don't know. I, I may got have... the notification. Your friends read about notifications. Yeah, but I'll I thought I would have seen the address and been like, oh damn, this is going to, to Australia. Australia. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. But if anyone else wants a shirt, <laughs> you can be like the guy in Australia. You can be like Australians. That's awesome. Yes. Um, like you said, Amazon links. We still have some snakes available, even though it is getting cold here and very difficult to ship out. Um, okay. I think that is it. Other than that, today we have on Ryan Rumbly of Rumbly Reptiles. So Ryan works with... Right now, he's working with a bunch of Borneo short tails, so we'll definitely get into that. But Ryan, if you could give us a little intro on your uh, reptile keeping experiences and kind of how you got started. Yeah, sure. I uh, I grew up in Florida originally. Uh, my mom's from Maryland, so that, that'll play a part in the, the story later on. But I uh, grew up in Florida, always always was into snakes, probably just like any other, you know, die in the wool snake keeper. And uh, my first snake was actually a yellow rat snake that I caught at my uh, my dad's hunting camp. And it was like a you know five foot snake. And the, the funny thing about it is when I caught it, it's I was walking through the pine trees and uh, my friend in front of me let a branch like swing back to hit me in the face just because, you know, that's what we do when we're kids. And we, well, as adults do. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was the pine needles that hit me in the head. But what it was is there was a yellow rat snake in that in that tree. And when he let the branch go, the snake actually bit me in the head. And, uh, <laughs> and I pulled it off and I was like, but, uh, you know, I love snakes. I was like, this is this is amazing so uh you know i pried this animal off my you know off my skull and i was like wow this is so awesome so but anyway that was my first snake but uh my first reptile at first my mom was like you know no snakes you know and i was a kid you know i got my first uh, reptile i think it was, it was either 88 or 89 i was like eight or nine years old the before the daytona show was in daytona it was in orlando it used to be at the uh God, what was that? It was like Sun, the Sun Bank or something or Holiday Inn. And uh, she took me there and I got a leopard gecko. 
And she wanted me to prove to her that I could take care of this animal. And a year later, you know, she was like, okay, no, no snakes yet. But she's like, okay, um, you know, you can get more if you want, because you've done a good job. So I bought a, I went to the next Orlando show and I got a, uh, like two Pac-Man frogs and I got a green basilisk, which you don't see anymore, which sucks because those things are so awesome. But, uh, yeah, that was one of my, uh, God, the phone keeps dropping. Um, so I got a, I got a green bottom, like my first reptile. It's funny. You don't see those anymore. And probably most newer keepers would be like, what the hell is that? It's the wizards that run across the water. There you go. It's not exactly the best yeah. 10 gallon tank type of pet, but I think everyone. No, kept no, and, and, back then. Well, yeah. And you know, what was awesome is like, I had, a. uh, you know, it, it ended up being a male, which was even cooler because, you know, it had the big sail on the back and the big, you know, the big head piece coming off the back of the head. And, uh, I kept it in like a 50 gallon tank, but I had like, you know, tree limbs and all kinds of stuff in there. And what I used to do is I put a, uh, I had a crock bowl and one, I, I, and even then I fed it a varied diet, you know, just as a kid. Cause I used to read I, and I still do as an adult. Like I read constantly about stuff cause I want to know like everything I possibly could. So I was varying the diet, but what I do is I'd go down to the, uh, the uh, bait store and I'd get minnows and I put minnows in its water bowl and it would, and I put one of its like wooden perches, like tours, like right above the water bowl. This thing would like climb up to the top and actually dive head first into it. And like, it, it would sit there like motionless. And then like when a minnow got like run underneath it, it would snatch it up. And I was like, I thought that was the coolest thing. But, um, I, I wasn't actually allowed to keep snakes until I was 11. And that's when, uh, you know, I had that, I brought the yellow rat snake home. And my mom saw I was taking good care of these lizards and the frogs. And she's like, okay. And she's like, you know, but I was always obsessed with Burmese pythons back then. And she's like, nothing over nine foot. So she let me keep the yellow rat snake. Went to the Daytona show in 91 or no, it was still Orlando. And I got a boa, a carpet python and a ball python. Wow. And the ball, and I, it's funny because like the coast, the, the coastal carpet I bought was a Queensland coastal <laughs> i think i got it from tom crutchfield but uh um and it's funny because i actually bred that snake later on when i was 17 but uh it, it it's just it's just uh it's cool how like just eventually she let me have snakes but that's how i got a uh, you know it took a while and i didn't i actually did bring burmese into the house later on when i was 14 and she that was still a rule don't bring anything big in. You were giving her a run for her money. She was trying. To yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like, don't bring them in. But like, I always did so well with them <laughs> that she just was like, okay, well, I, I trust you. And, uh, you know, so even when I brought the, the berms home, I mean, she was pissed, but she was like, all right, well, I'm going to let this, I'm going to see how it goes. Because, you know, back then and still like today, you know, they talked about, you know, everybody thought Burmese pythons are like 18, 19, 20 foot. And like most of them, a big female, like most of them are 13 or 14 feet. That's still a really big snake. But, I, you know, I've seen I don't even know how many berms over the years. And I think I've seen one legit almost 19 footer. And that's after see that's that's seeing tons you know, like somebody will have like a huge one at a show or whatever, but it's probably 14, maybe 15 foot. But, uh, anyway, mom, since mom's from Maryland, this is where it gets into the real cool part. Uh, it was the summer, I think of like 92 or 93. We're up in Maryland 
And a friend of my mom's was like, oh, you know, a friend, uh, a girl that sh- comes to my store used to date a guy that owns snakes. Um, you know, maybe he would let Ryan come over. And, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, because they're working this out for me to go over there with my mom, and my grandma. And I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be the, the a dude with like some corn snakes or maybe some boas or ball pythons in his basement. But that's cool to me because like you'll find out like as we talk, like I like everything. Like I, I like all snakes. It doesn't matter. Um, but I, that's what I was thinking he was going to keep, like maybe some boas, maybe some corn snakes or something. And, you know, it would have been cool to me regardless. It ended up being Peter Call. And we go over there and I walk down to this basement, you know, and, and like, I freak out, like, and I still do. Um, but like, as a kid, I was like, just freaking out because I go in there and, you know, he's got, you know, that's albino boas. Like he just produced albinos, but no one had ever seen albino boas before. And like, he had albino boas and he had chondros and Brazilian rainbows and blood pythons and retics. He had all this cool stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, that was the first time I ever you know, been to a, a breeder's house and like got to see a collection. And the funny thing is in, in 96, we actually moved to Maryland and I ended up working for Pete for a little wow. while. It's yeah. And, and, like I actually worked, I worked for him two different times. I worked for him a little bit in uh you know, when I was 16, but then, you know, high school and sports and everything got in the way. And then I ended up working for him for about a year after high school. So like 99 to 2000. And that was a, uh, that was a cool experience. Is there, you, you... is there anything in particular? Because like Peter calls, not exactly, at least at this point, not exactly a guy who's in the public eye pretty much at all. From what I understand. I mean, is there <laughs> no. anything that you learned from him, his collection or what you did that like what, kind of stick stuck with you? What, what one thing that was like super cool about like being able to work for Pete and everything, you got to like see how big breeders were like, you know, I don't think people realize how many snakes people like Pete and Kevin and Bob Clark and those guys that the, the main names, I don't think people realize how many animals they actually have because everybody that knows who Pete is, knows that he has like, you know, tons of boas and, and ball pythons, but you know, Pete's not even really into ball pythons. You know, he was into pides because that's what he got, you know, and he was the first one to make those. But, you know, Pete didn't breed any other ball python stuff for years because he only liked pides. He's a boa guy and he likes other, you know, other stuff. God, phone keeps slipping. <laughs> it's, it's funny to watch off, it man. It's like, damn yeah. it. For yeah, people who like, are <laughs> listening on the recording, his phone is slowly tipping over. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of slowly, like, slides towards me. But, um... One awesome thing about like, okay, when I worked there, like the, the last, you know, year and a half or whatever, from 99 to 2000, like Pete had one room and it just had chondros and emerald tree boas in it, but nobody would know that. And then the very back room of the building, he had Boland's pythons. Wow. Yeah. And like nobody, I mean, well, I mean, there's plenty of people that like, you know, there's always the like inner circles and all that, that know that you have certain things, but like most people probably didn't know that Pete had Bowen's pythons and like, man, you know, and then I, that's how I met my buddy, Ted Thompson. Um, you know, you, if you don't know Ted right now, you'll probably get to know him being up there now. Cause he's always at all the Hamburg shows and everything, but working with, um, just messing around with those Boland's pythons. Like, I mean, those, if they, if you could re- reproduce those things like at all, 
Yeah, I know there's a few guys, and I think Keith McPeak's probably going to be the guy to like really start cracking him in the U.S. I, you know, and I know Mark Spataro, who's a friend with friends with Pete. You know, I know he's reproduced them, but it's like, man, if if those could start being reproduced at any, you know, just even a couple clutches a year, because like anybody that has has ever handled like an, a Bolins, like an adult, I mean, I mean, they're just they're amazing. Uh, I mean, they're they're like a giant jungle carpet, but but chill. <laughs> you know, they're, they won't tear your face off. But I mean, like Bolins are just so chill, but in and they're huge. I mean, I I don't know what his biggest one was. It was probably like eight foot, eight and a half. I'm a bad judge of like how big snakes are, but it you know it's probably eight footer, and you know her head was as big as your hand. And it's just like, and it being super chill and like iridescent, you know, it's that black and white, black and yellow is just, man, that's a snake that like maybe in the retirement years, man, I might give it a, you know, I hopefully by then people are breeding them, but and reproducing them, but I wouldn't mind giving a, giving a crack at those. Yeah. Either way, that's kind of an animal that you invest for the love of the animal. And if you ever, it would be like a, uh almost if it lets you breed it would be like obviously an honor (laughs) if it lets you breed it well and you have like a really amazing snake funds account because like i would totally go after a man but i think i think now they're up to like almost eight grand a pair and i'm just like i don't have that and and the thing is we usually put money into snakes expecting a return in bolins you got to know that you're pretty much flushing that down the toilet most of the time yeah yeah it's done (laughs) yeah you you drop eight grand on them and it's pretty much you know you you really wanted that pair of bolins pythons that's pretty much it but uh I don't know. It was, it was, you know, I learned a lot about, I mainly worked with the boas when I worked for Pete and uh, that was a lot of fun. Cause I was always into, it's kind of funny. Like I started off with bigger snakes and then even, even though I, I do have a lot of Borneos and stuff, I, but I worked my way down to smaller stuff. Cause like now, even though I have like two retics and you know, when a berm and a couple boas, it's like when I handle like a really big snake, I'm like, why the fuck do I still have these? These are such a pain in the ass. Like, I don't know how ivory does it. Like with all those retics, like I do not want any part of that. That, that, oh my God, they're such a pain in the ass. Like those big snakes, I just want no, I mean, and I actually, I bought the white motley that um, Melissa was holding at the Arlington show. Mm-hmm. when you were like, oh, you're talking about it. She's like, oh, we're not buying this. <laughs> I actually bought that snake and uh, I named her Sugar, which I don't really name my snakes, but she has a name. Um, and she's actually awesome, but she's she's eight foot already. And I don't... That's and I why don't we didn't buy them. Yeah, and I don't pound her. I don't, I don't pound any of my snakes with food. She just like grew like a weed. And I, I couldn't imagine if I fed her like, you know, like a hardcore retic breeder like just pounding them with food. I couldn't imagine how big she'd be right now. Yeah, we probably saw her. I mean, last NERBC, maybe it was eight months ago. It was like, you know, a baby, maybe two, two and a half feet or something. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Well, it was it was September. It was a September 2017 show. Oh, shit. So, so it's, it's actually been-, been just over a year. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she's like, she's eight foot. You know, she's actually just, she could probably start to eat small rabbits. Cause like she can eat jumbo rats already, but I just feed her, you know, every seven to 10 to 14 days, 
Like I don't know. I don't write down uh, feedings anymore. I used to do all that stuff, but you know, like, you know, at one point, which I'm sure we'll get into later, I had over 400 snakes and that was a pain in the ass. I, I just like, I got so sick of it. And when I had tons and tons of clear birds, I was feeding them a little more often. And I was like, dude, I'm so sick of writing down like all this stuff. And, uh, you know, so now I just kind of, feed them and i'm sure i think most of my stuff probably gets fed every 10 days every two weeks if i really kept track of it yeah i mean i do the same thing with my pythons and stuff because i don't care if they breed I, they're yeah like maintenance all the time but <laughs> but so seeing that giant bullens i mean that didn't really get you into big snakes or anything like that like how did you get from working with Peter call with boas and stuff and get into colubrids. Well, the, the funny thing is, is about me is like, cause I like everything. I mean, like, you know, it can be dry Marcon, it can be corn snakes. I mean, everything is cool to me. I just have to try to focus, which is a problem, but you know, Borneos are, they make it easier for me because they're my favorite. But the colubrid thing is like, I, you know, I bred some colubrids when I was younger um, you know, like Mexican black Kings, Splendida, I bred yellow rats, um, you know, a, a handful of stuff. So I already had had a little bit of experience with that, but for the longest time, it was just big snakes. I actually met a guy, um, Bill Babcock a couple years ago who I met through my friend, Julie. And, you know, he was like, well, Hey, you know, he wanted to start sending me colubrids to breed for him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> before he started sending me like tons and tons and tons and tons and we already had some corn snakes and stuff the wife loves corn snakes i do too um you know she like one of her first things she bought was a salmon snow motley from uh the shores and uh he was amazing you know she actually she she hit me up she, one day she was like baby you can sell my corn snakes if you want i was like are you serious and she's like yeah i was like okay but uh Anyway, working for him, he he started sending me Hondurans and the Black Eye and Pyros and Zanata and Alterna. Had tons wow. and tons of Alterna. Yeah, I don't even know how many Alterna I had at one point. And I mean, did you have set, to get all those feeding? Because I mean, it seems like he's sending you the pain in the ass animals. <laughs> well, well, yeah, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and the Black Eye, from what I experienced, aren't bad as far as like a mountain king they're not too bad usually if they don't take frozen like usually you can get them on live every now and then you know you'll have a, a picky one but they're not too bad um pyros all the ones i got were already established now when i hatched pyros i actually got lucky i did the boiling the pinky trick frozen thawed ones people listening not live like and it was leah williams who actually told me to do that because i was like what she's like boil the pinkies i was like that sounds stupid like why would i do that and why would it work but it did and it actually worked with some of the alterna but um you know i already got he sent me a group of adults that he already had alterna wise and then he bought some other adults when they pop up and then you know i think the only ones i got that he got actually got a bunch of those long blotches. Remember when you had Jason Nelson, Jason Nelson, right? Yeah. Yeah. You had Jason Nelson on and he's talking about those long blotch, uh, Alterna. Yep. Bill bought like, I think 12 of those and sent them to me. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> it was tons. Like they never came at like ones or twos. It was like a dozen or eighteen. Where was he and, finding all these? I don't even know anyone who has uh, such. Oh my god! Time. Well, well, th- this was a couple years ago. You know, before the Chinese like really started dipping into the Kluvert market. Gotcha. Um, you know, because like they just, I think they take half of our animals, at least. From talking, and, just talking yeah. to Jason, it seems like. Just an outrageous number of animals. Like, oh, oh, it's insane. At least and half, it, it, used, yeah. it, it used to be the Japanese with um, everything, and they still do by – God, this is going to piss me off. Um, it used to be the Japanese that would, like, come and you just open up a briefcase at a show and be like, I'll, you know, I'll buy your whole table. You know, of course, everybody's going to be like, okay, right. you know, because it's not the even whole, it's not even money. wholesale. <laughs> you know, like Brett ba- Brett Baumgartner, he sold like his whole table at Daytona once, like on a side, like it opened up, and I don't remember what Japanese guys it was, but they you just walked up and they bought his entire table of hognose. And I'm like, God, why can't that happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, that would be amazing. I was like, yes, take them all, paper or plastic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh my God. Cause you know, they don't like, and it's not wholesale. They'll just, I mean, you give them a little bit of a deal, but like from what I've seen with those deals working for like Pete in particular, I mean, you cut them a little bit of a deal cause they're buying thousands and thousands of dollars, but I mean, they're not paying wholesale, you know, it's as you mentioned market over there, there's so much less. Oh, supplies, oh it's so. insane. Yeah. It, it, but I mean, they're just like, I mean, man, like now it's nuts. Like, you know, I've been buying some Clubrids, you know, here and there just like just a half. Cause I have to have at least a few colubrids. Um, I can't be colubrid list. You know, I always have, I always have some whole, well, I always have some whole Brookeye and, you know, and, you know, obsoletus, the, the, you know, the black rats and the speckleds, but they're, they're local every now and then somebody will give me a Caligaster and I'll be like, Oh yeah, sweet. And I'll be geeking out over, you know, regular Prairie King, someone found in the bushes, but like, I think it's awesome. But, um, back back when he was sending me all that like the the chinese weren't really dipping into the colubrid market so they i mean they weren't they still weren't easy to find but you know and then building the rapport with the breeder you know guys like richard shreve and you know uh, Jonelle lopez and those guys like when you when you talk to them and like you know and and they know you're serious and you're going to get them you know they they want to keep these snakes in the u.s i mean they're going to make their sales but like, you know, if they have a U.S. breeder that's going to, you know, buy, you know, a dozen or more or whatever, you know, most U.S. breeders, they'd love to keep them around because I, like the ball python thing. I think the reason a lot of non-ball python people, why it comes off on hate is uh, because that's like when you go to a show, that's mostly what you see. I think most snake people like actually, I mean, if you, if you really ask them, like, I think most of them would actually, you know, they would say they really like ball pythons, but the problem is like people like me is I, I like them a lot, but like, I don't like when I go to a show, especially, you know, that I've been in this so long, it, it sucks because I go to a show and I remember how awesome they were back when they had like, you know, a plethora of species and you see like everything, that's when it sucks and you know even looking for simple stuff like colubrids now oh my god you can't find freaking colubrids at a show and that's nuts like i've never seen anything like it like i'll go to a show thinking like oh yeah okay yeah there'll be a couple vendors with cow kings and splendida and corns and other stuff not even corn snakes 
Like, that's insane to me. Like, you go to a show and, like, you barely see any corn snakes. Like, that's nuts. The demand is there, too. Like, now, the demand is there, which is awesome. But, I mean, there's no one keeping up with it because, like you said, I mean, they're not – there's not many people it's, selling it's, onesies and twosies. It's sending out hundreds to onesies and twosies. To well, and and you know what? And from breeding all those colubrids and having tons of them, I understand fully why those guys do that. Like, I mean, I think Steve Roylance, like on one of his podcasts, said he produces like five thousand baby corns a year. I'd kill myself. That sounds so like, I oh think my it's, god! I think so it's like, double that now. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, because that was like four years ago when he said that so like oh my god so if the chinese is like yeah i'll you know i'll buy 1500 or something i'll be like oh yeah i mean i because i wouldn't want to take care of it's like just, yeah, all those the, baby colubrids yeah it's pretty pretty obvious that that's a that's a good move for like every reason I oh mean, god yeah there there isn't a bad reason you know with that i mean i would do that instantly especially if i had those numbers you know, and like Jason selling his all his pits overseas or a lot of them. I don't blame him, you know, especially, you know, like when you take care of tons and tons of baby snakes, especially colubrids, you know, I have somebody come up and be like, you know, say you have 200 in your inventory and someone wants to buy a hundred of them up, especially if it's not like wholesale and someone actually wants to pay you or like at least 75% of the price of the babies, if they buy enough of them, I'll do that. You know, I don't want to wholesale them because especially like with colubrids, like I would turn those guys down all the time, like reptiles by Mac and some of the bigger breeders like Amir, because, you know, Amir, I know a lot of people know Amir is a, you know, ball python guy, but Amir, I think owns it snakes at sunset or something. No, he, he, uh, uh, he, well, I know he's at least in uh, control of Ben Siegel reptiles at the moment from what I uh, understand. Well, I mean, because, yeah, because Amir would come to your table when shows end. And he would, you know, offer to buy stuff, but like those guys would come up and like, they not, not those guys in particular, not like a mirror, but I'm just saying like guys in particular would come up to your table and you'd have like, you'd have some stuff left and they'd want to like buy like all your colubrids for nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, no. I mean, I would never do that because like, even though I didn't really want to, the stress of taking back home 50 snakes or whatever it was, I was not going to like give away this stuff that like I busted my ass to produce and feed and everything else, because, you know, like even the Getchua Kings, some of them you have to really screw with to get them to start eating. You know, I mean, I didn't realize that before I started really breeding King snakes, but I mean, some of those things are a pain in the ass to get going. And like, if you breed, um, like I had some locality corn snakes, like Polk County, Florida corns. When I hatched those guys out, you know, and most of the baby corn snakes I'd hatched out over the years didn't give me many problems. Those sucked because they were F2s. They wanted to eat a Knolls and they were a pain in the ass. But like I sold those so fast, you know, because I had, you know, proof that they, you know, where they came from and everything else. And I mean, and they were amazing. I, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was the male almost looked like a blood red, almost like a poor man's blood red. But I mean, like he was just wild caught. Um, you know, Polk County, Florida corn snake, you know, and people, people love that. Yeah. I mean, you, if you go on morph market right now and you try to look for normal, anything, anything, even ball pythons, boas, retex, anything, it, I mean, there'll be like 10. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, this may be a naive question, but why is the Asian market only interested in colubrids? 
Well, um, I can tell you this because uh, my military background, like I've been to Japan and Korea, is a lot of those people live in apartments. And because the government actually has a sanction to where they can only build up, uh, you know, so much because they're trying to keep, you know, their their resources like their, you know, their natural resources. So a lot of those people live in apartments. So if I was to guess, the main reason they do colubrids and ball python smaller stuff is because of the space. Mm. And that would just be my guess. Um, you know, because like you see the Indos, like the you know the, the Thailand and Malaysians and all those, you know, that are catching like they have like bloods and retics and berms and but that's what they have, and they're not constricted the same way. What I've just noticed from at least Korea and Japan, I'm sure China's the same way because of how populated they are. I'm sure most of them live in apartments too. So I mean, because you could fit, you know, like a hundred colubrids along one wall depending on how big it is you know if you keep them in like 32 quarts or so now when you I were mean, you breeding could... uh, colubrids in numbers were you in texas no 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 no. I've, I've actually never been in texas i'm in arkansas oh shit then what how are you always hanging out around texas it's only you a five hour down. drive man only <laughs> yeah. five hour drive <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'd be you know for well for the the big show you know, I would drive down to Texas twice a year for inner BC. I'm not driving down for Repticon, you know, Dallas or some crap. You know, I like every now and every now and then I'll vend a smaller show, but like I usually don't because like the it's probably why I never really had a reptile business because I just <laughs> people ask me the stupidest shit, and it's so hard for me not to say be a dick. It and, and then like. I mean, not like addictive, but like sarcastic, because you know what they say at the it, like at those shows. I mean, you meet tons of great people, but like you have the ones that come up and they just say the random stuff, and you're just like, uh, right, dude. Speaking <laughs> of Texas, someone named Carpet Cartel said, "Boo, who the fuck is this?" Oh. Also, some <laughs> some little. Little Hobbit man said, "Fuck Dan Magano." So. Oh well, that's true. I mean, fuck <laughs> Dan Magano, but like whoever Carpet Cartel is, I mean, I don't, I don't really hang out with uh, fruit fly breeders. <laughs> so that's what I heard. He, he's the fruit fly cartel. <laughs> so, so did you? I mean, even in Arkansas, breeding all those colubrids, mm -hmm. I mean, it was a pain in the ass for us in Texas to get, you know, mm. cremation down and everything. So, like, what were you doing for that in a warmer climate? I would, before I turned my garage into the actual snake room, I'd put them out there in November. And whatever the temperatures got is whatever they got. Uh, I would take black, uh, the big giant black uh, contractor trash bags, and I'd cover the front of the rack. And then, yeah, in, and I learned that just by, you know, looking what other guys would do. A lot of them, like, will cover them with uh, thick blankets and or, you know, trash bags, something like that. Just, to, you know, because the darkness, in my opinion, plays a big role, just like the temperature. And besides the Hondurans and, like, the Getula Kings, like the Floridas and the Easterns, the Floridas, the Easterns, and then the Hondurans, like I actually had the heat on. Well, I would turn the heat on depending on how cold it was, but I'd only set it to like 65 because sometimes it would get 20 degrees out there. And I would actually brewmate young 
Mountain Kings and Alterna too. Cause I wanted, I didn't do that with like Cal Kings and stuff like that, but I did it with like that other stuff. And a lot of times I put them out there and they hadn't even fed and I would brumate them. But then as soon as they came out of brumation, they would, they were they're starving. And they're like, you know what? A pinky looks good now. Doesn't it fucker? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, yeah, you're going to eat now. But, um, you know, but it, I mean, snakes are tough, especially the, our North American stuff. I mean, I know a lot of people freak out like, oh man, I can't get them down to 50. It's like, dude, they're, they're tough snakes, man. I mean, as long as they have fresh water, I mean, they, they can take a lot. Now, did you find that those, those mountain Kings, did they do okay as far as keeping them like your other snakes? Were they uh, susceptible to high temps and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's one thing with them is, uh, because I had two rooms. Well, actually I had several because I had them in the dining room and shit and like, Oh yeah, the, the wife loved that. You cause I had gauge eye to the, the, uh, black milks before they were a bazillion dollars. Um, you know, and I had them in the dining room and then in my other dining room, I had Asian rats. You know, that's where I kept all my porphyracea and mandarins and stuff. But in the main colorbird room where I kept like all the, like the Getchua Kings and all the other stuff is I put all that, uh, all like the Nablocki and the Pyros and the Zanata and all that. I put even not so much the gray bands. I mean, they're, they're super tough snakes. I would put them towards the bottom. So they were usually 77 to 80 ambient, but like I never let that room go over 80 degrees ever. And I just put those certain snakes lower in the racks with no heat tape or anything. You know, that's just the way I kept them. And then they, they did fine. Um, the Asian rats, I didn't even, uh, I had, I mean, I had beauty snakes in another, in another room, the Tenera. I had them in another room, but I kept them lower with no heat, just like, um, just like the other colubrids, but like all the Asian rat snakes, the smaller stuff, cocci and lattice and stuff. I kept them in that other dining room and they never got over like 75 degrees because like those snakes, like heat will kill them. So, well, I mean, snakes in general, I mean, you know, everybody worries about cold heat is what bothers me. Like even my pythons and stuff, I think my hotspots, you know, even the non short tails, it's like 86 degrees. Cause I notice anytime I, you know, especially like younger days and even, you know, the last couple of years, if I gave any snake too hot of a hotspot, they never used it. They, they, you know, they're, they're looking for that mid eighties to low eighties temp and that's it. I mean, they're, they're not, they don't want to be roasting. I mean, it, unless it's like a gravid female or a snake that just ate, most of them are away from the heat. And that's all species, not just like short tails and stuff. They just, they want to know part of it. And, you know, like the Asian, Asian rats in particular, man, you or the mountain Kings, you keep them too hot. I mean, you'll kill them quick. I mean, they'll go downhill fast. Mm-hmm. So that you, that's a big no, no. You'll kill those things real quick. Did you always lean towards keeping ambient as far as colubrids go? Um, most, most colubrids, but I kept Getchua Kings, like the, the Floridas and the Easterns and stuff like that in my deserts. I kept all those with a hot spot, but it was like 84. So it'd be like 78, 77 on one side of the tub and it'd be like 84 max. I never kept them like very hot. Did you have just because like reasoning behind that? 
as far as because because I keep mine ambient. I want to know am I fucking something up? That's basically <laughs> no, 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 no. I believe there's so many ways, like that old saying, you know, there's so many ways to skin a cat, but like there's so many ways to do this and have success. I mean, there's short tail keepers. Like I know that Keith back in the day when Keith was doing short tails, you know, and Keith's one of the godfathers of blood and short tail pythons. I mean, he did ambient and that, that works great, but I'm just, for the most part, I'm more of the school of thought of, I like to give snakes the choice, but I've kept plenty of stuff on ambient and they did fine. But a lot of stuff I do give them a hot spot just in case they want it, but it's just not very hot, you know, cause I just never noticed the only Python species or species I've kept that I noticed that really liked it. Like a nice hot, hot spot is berms. You know, like I'd keep, I'd give them like a 92 degree hotspot and oh. they would use it. That sounds so, I don't, I know nothing about yeah. them, but that sounds so hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, I always kept like when I kept berms, cause I, bear, I never had respiratory infections with my berms, but I never let my, they never got like super fat. I took them out a lot. So they got plenty of exercise. And, you know, back then, you know, I was a kid, so I wasn't buying no, you know, Neodesha or vision cages because I couldn't afford that. So I was building eight foot by four foot by two foot cages. So they had plenty of room to stretch out and they just would be able to, you know, choose their temps. But, you know, they were, they would use that hotspot. But anything else, you know, like retics, they don't want. I mean, my experience, I'm not a retic person. I mean, I think they're cool snakes, but, um, you know, I have two. But I don't keep them super hot. I keep them like everything else, and they're fine. Yeah. Now, with the berms in particular, I mean, I've heard so many stories about how easy they are to keep, but then again, how susceptible they are to things like respiratory and stuff like that. I, I think a lot of that is because they they get too fat, and they have they get like no exercise, you know. And that's because what I've noticed is a lot of big snake keepers. I'm sure you guys we're catching your would agree. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to say it, you know, because a lot of those guys are my friends and I, I love those guys uh, and they're great people. Uh, but I think most of the herp world knows without me saying it, but anyway, you know, a lot of those berms, they get the respiratories. They're fat as shit. They're, they're fat and they're smashed in like a six foot by three foot cage. And their their lung actually has a the trachea is in the middle, so like yeah they might clear out one side, but I mean they need to be able to stretch out and clear that lung out, you know just like short tails. I mean, you know they, when they put like they're very vocal. I know you guys have Curtis. Um, they're just very vocal, you know when they push that air out and it comes out through those tiny little nostrils. Well, if the snake is always squished in a in a donut and like never moves. Because like you have like room for the snake to coil up in the water bowl. And then like, you know, these snakes are disgusting. Like when they piss, it's gallons. Well, if you don't clean their cage and they're laying in that and then they, they're smashed in a ball and they can't move. Well, they're just breathing all that in and they're not getting any exercise. They're yeah, just who like wants to breathe in their piss. And yeah. they don't have any choice yeah. but to sit in it for the most part. Yeah. It's well, like babies they, who you know, sit in their piss. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, and they just you, you keep them clean, give them plenty of space, 
I mean, my friend Alicia has a huge albino berm, but she's in an eight foot by four foot cage. That snake is in good shape. Um, you know, a lot of times you can tell by the head size, it is proportionate to the animal. There's nothing worse than seeing a big fat boa or python with a tiny head or a king snake with no neck. I mean, it just, it's like, I know some people, I know some friends that like the way they feed their colubrids, I'll get them and it's like this thick as a rainbow boa. And I'm like, uh, and you see the tail and it like looks like a little stinger. It looks like, yeah, it, well, yeah, the, the snake has cankles and it's like, dude, that's ridiculous. I was like, what do you, I mean, just, you know, maybe cut back the meals or if you like feeding snakes, maybe get a few more so you can enjoy the experience more instead of killing your snake with food. But, uh, Anyway, I, I don't know. I never really had problems. Snakes? Does anyone uh-huh. actually really enjoy feeding? Well, snakes? I know you do oh, yes. until you get. Oh yeah, them. no, there's plenty. Of, well, the type that do usually have like six, and they're all berms and a hundred gallon tank, and they go down to you know the flea market and buy a handful of adult live rabbits, and they're like, oh man, I can't wait to feed this, <laughs> and uh. You know, so that that is a definitely a thing. That was never like I never enjoyed that. I just like snakes more than other animals. So it's like, well, sucks to be you. You know, I'm going to feed you to my snake, but you know, I never like enjoyed it. And I, you know, I don't really get that facet. But some people, you know, people keep snakes for different reasons. You know, that if if you're a die in the wool type you know, like me and, you know, Kara and, you know, hand, you know, just, you, you can always tell like a real true snake person. It's like, man, it's just, it's just, I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's hard to explain, but you can tell when someone's like a hardcore, you know, snake person. And what, I don't know. It's hard because you, you seem so pretentious sometimes. Cause even, even at reptile shows, there's a lot of guys there. And there's really only like a handful of of dudes who you're like, yeah, you're you're the real deal to a certain degree. And like, there's oh. so many people who run businesses in air quotes. Are you bringing this up because mm. of this weekend? Is uh, that why you're no, bringing no, it up? No, 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 no. It's totally that. fine. Let's do it because I'll probably agree with. No, I'm not going to. I didn't about know if that was in reference everything. to that or is no. That well, yeah, else? that's part of it. But you know, there's just. There's a lot of people in this hobby and and newer people don't know how to recognize that the real deal from not the real deal, if you know what I mean. So it's like they, they, once you find they, people that you are on the same plane with, you automatically are like, oh, yeah, we're on the same team. And it's like, you. oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're you're in the same. You're like, oh, God, thank God. Yeah, you can actually come over here. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I actually wanted to print off like a bunch of the giant, like the biggest Facebook thumbs I could find and like print it off to where the font takes up almost like the whole page. So when people say something dumb to me, I just hand them that sheet. I'm like, here you go, buddy. Like, that's cool. You know, because like I actually have like I found that I, I went on Google. I just typed in like Facebook thumb and I found the biggest one I could and I saved it. So like when I get a stupid email on Morph Market or whatever, like when somebody sends me like their zip code, I just email them back and it's a giant thumb. <laughs> I, I'm a, I mean, I'm 38, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. I, you know, if do you if, if you just send me the zip code. 
Like you obviously don't care that care that much about this animal. So I'm not, I would rather piss you off and you hate me than sell you my snake that you're either going to sell a year later or kill. So I would rather just send you a giant thumb. Someone came up to say me this weekend and said, <laughs> what's your special? And I was like, I looked at Melissa. I didn't know what that meant. No, that's not oh, what man. he said. He what said, what's I the best you can do? No, he said something about a special first. And then he, and then I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what's the best you can do on this? Oh like, my, oh man. I wrote that shit in Sharpie, bitch. So it's like, not, that's not the best I can it. do. Like that. Don't oh start the conversation off that way. Like don't when, come when, up and the when, first thing you say is say what's the best you can something. do. Like, my, my, my wife, because <laughs> we've been together going on six years and like, she knows me so well. And like when we're at a show and those kind of people come up, she, she'll look at me and I'll kind of look at her in the corner. She'll be like, no, no, <laughs> please don't. And I'm like, come on. And she's like, no. I was like, okay, okay. And and it was I a was beggar. Like, it wasn't like it was someone walking around the show. It was oh, those a beggar. The, no, no, those are the worst ones. They'll yeah. come up to you and like because they're a vendor. I breed, you know, ball pythons or retics. Probably, you know, what they fucking yeah. do? But <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, I I breed I breed retics. Like, oh, that's fabulous. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was just very frustrating. You... <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you know what? Is as time goes on, because you know, like when you guys, like, trust me, like when you get closer to forty, <laughs> if you've been breeding snakes, like if you keep breeding this and doing this year after year after year after year, you're gonna be such a dick. The fox given you know, are so less. So oh, oh there, there, there's none. <laughs> there, there's none. I mean, you know, like. My favorite people that come to my table is a super passionate and excited kid. I love a super, you know, just like super excited child that like knows, like they've done research and look at it. And I was like, wow, you're smarter than this handful of fucking retards that are over here, you know? Um, and then like, and if they want to hold the snake, I will let that kid hold that snake. And I would literally let that kid hold the snake. And if some, you know, dumbass adult comes up, be like, hey, Mike, can I hold it? I'd be like, no, no, it's good. It's going back in. Right in their face. I don't care. Yeah. And I I'm think, like, I that, think that, that that's sucks. good, though, because you're obviously displaying a balance. Because we all, at least coming up, you're talking to, trying to talk to someone. And they're so callous mm -hmm. that they're turned off to pretty much anyone asking them anything. The, 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 the one group that I would never that I'm never mean to is children because I remember when I was a kid and how excited I would to go to Eugene Bissett's or Pete calls before I even knew Pete and, you know, like those guys tables and have them talk to me, Tom Crutchfield, you know, like those guys talk to me and, you know, kind of nurture like my passion, my love, you know, that, that meant the world to me. So like when I see a kid like come up like that, and if they say scientific name, oh, it's over. I'll give that kid <laughs> that fucking snake. I will give that kid that snake. I'd be like, did you just call that an alterna? Oh, kid, pick whichever one you want, man. You can have it. I'd, I'd give it, I would give that child that snake. I mean, like there was a, like there was a kid that came up to me and it was an Oklahoma show. And, uh, he wanted a, this particular corn. I don't remember what it was. It was like 60 bucks. He had like 15 bucks, but he was wearing a Pantera shirt and he was actually pretty cool. I was like, here you go, kid. And he was like, for real, man. I was like, yeah, just take it. I don't give a shit. And he was like, all right. 
And then like some adult was standing there. He's like, oh man, you give shit away. I was like, nope, just to that kid right there. And he, uh, the guy looked at me kind of pissed. <laughs> Whatever, man. If you want one, <laughs> 60 bucks, I'll give it to that kid though. The kid was cool. You know, that's just, I mean, because like you'll remember that, you know, in life you remember the things you remember the most. It's not the common day stuff. It's, you know, what was really awesome and what really sucked. That's usually what you remember. And if like, you're really into snakes or you're getting into them and like some, you know, adult vendor either cut you a big deal or, you know, gave you an animal that you were really geeking out over, man, that means a lot. So, and I think that's why I do it. Um, I was just talking to someone in the chat, um, uh, and they asked us how we thought about the show. And I was telling them one of the great things being corn snake breeders is that we get to connect mm. with so many kids. I mean, mm -hmm. I, would you say at least half we the are, people who came to the table were kids, yeah. if not three fourths? And I mentioned what like we're one of the only people who could confidently tell the truth and sell a good pet to a very young kid because just corn snakes are you know corn snakes. absolutely man that that's that's one of the coolest things about like you guys breeding corns and when you start breeding the other clue birds too uh, you get such a varied audience of of people and the kids coming up especially because you know a lot of those they you know the kid can actually afford you know, that's one thing. Another thing with ball pythons, it's not a bad thing. It's just what you see. Well, when you go to a show to buy a snake and everything is 500 fucking dollars, well, good God, man. When I was a kid, I couldn't afford that. Bob Cork was, you know, he handed me a tiger retic to hold. And I think I was like 15. And he was like, you know, and I was holding it and enjoying it or whatever. And he, you know, he told me it's like 500 bucks. I was like, ah. I can't buy that snake, <laughs> you know, but he, 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 I guess he thought he was going to, and he would have sold it to me, <laughs> which, you know, 15 year old tiger retakes an amazing purchase, but, uh, you know, I didn't go that route. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, that's what kind of would suck also with breeding like huge animals is like, who do you, what 25% of your clientele actually should be buying that snake more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> More than likely. I mean, you know, in, uh, males, because even male retics, I mean, they get to breeder size. They can be pretty big, you know, unless they could also be temperamental, which is kind well, of. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like the, the old chainsaw slashing bite or whatever. I mean, but you. It, OK, like snake people like me, you know, I'm not a retic person, but I'm a snake person and I've handled snakes forever. So like having a couple of retics is no big deal to me and understanding snake body language. But like if you never had one and you don't listen to someone like Ryan telling you what to do, you know, cause like out of all the snakes that Ryan sells to people, I mean, there's probably a handful like myself and a few others that are going to listen to what he's saying and do what he's suggesting. Keep him in a routine. Him. Look at his Facebook. Yeah. I'd fucking listen to him. Well, well, <laughs> don't, well that's actually amazing. That. I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, the main reason that I love Ryan so much is because he's a dick. I mean, I, I love it. But, but you understand, though, because it's hard. You know, like when I look at people, you know, like, you know, Kara and Matt, you know, at least in the short tail world. I mean, Matt, 
just looking at Matt, if you just based it off personal appearance, you wouldn't think that he's such a nice, friendly dude if you were stereotyping. You know, because he's a bigger guy, you know. Philly people are he's known got the for beard. being exactly nice. Well, in <laughs> Philadelphia, anybody that's watched Eagles games, you know, like when the, you know, when the. They booed they, their they, team they, going into halftime and they were. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you suck. <laughs> we hate you. Uh, you know, but like you meet someone like Matt and he's so friendly and like just engaging that, uh, you know, it's just. It's but it, it like I have so much respect for that. And like Kara, like Kara interacts with people so well because like I want to be able to do that. And I tell myself so much. It's like, man, just, you know, because it's not that I think I'm better than anybody. I just don't want to listen to your bullshit. So like I just don't have much patience with that crap. And, you know, and I'm just. I don't know, man. If you say something dumb, it's kind of like we're in a racquetball court. And I'm like, okay, I can, you know, hit it, hit it back to you, you know. And I mean, because like Joe, you're you're ex-military, right? Yeah. Because you know how, like, in the military, we're just you embrace the suck. So it's like how sad. Who can be the most savage to each other? So like when you've been in that lifestyle where everybody just busts on everybody, and it's like not really a big deal. I mean, it might be nowadays because all the how sensitive people are, but you know, at least back then, like, you know, you'd be, you'd be horrible to people. Like I screw, I, you know, I screw with Magano all the time, but I actually love Dan. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't, him, you have a hard time translating that to being good world. at normal life because you could have, you could really hurt people's feelings pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, I've had people message me back when I send them a giant thumb and they're like, fuck you, man. And I'm like, well, fuck you. You know, I mean, it, it's, and it's not because I think I'm better than that person. It's like, you said something stupid. I'm also, gonna... I mean, I found out, especially from the military, when someone with experience and in the military, and maybe rank, at least depending on who the person is, you take what they say and you do it and you don't really, for me, if someone's asked me care yeah. on a certain animal and I tell them what to do and they don't do it after that, like my attention span is only so long for that because I told you exactly what to do and you either follow through with that's, that or you don't fuck with me ever, you know? Like, oh yeah. Well, 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 that's, that's, that's a hundred percent. That's, that's a hundred percent what it is. And like, and we're, we're definitely more like direct because it's like, it's black and white. There's no gray. Yeah. You know, if you ask me something and I give you the answers, you know, like, okay, you look on, it happens on Facebook mostly because that's just where you get the format. I'm sure it happens on Instagram, but I'm not on there because I'd you know, kill myself if I had too many like social media accounts. But like, you will see every single thing in the ad, everything. But then you will have several people ask you because they don't even have the patience or whatever to read the full paragraph. They look at the picture and they're like, oh man, that's pretty. And then they're like, you know, but what is it feeding on or what is this or what is this like, dude, I literally wrote Just that out. That. Yes. Yes. And it's not like it's a, and it's not, it's not the rewriting it. It's the fact that you are asking me that annoys me because I already stated it. And if you ask most snake breeders or people that, you know, whatever, if they're honest, they will tell you that annoys the fuck out of them. And I know a lot of people because they lack that attention to detail for the ad. Imagine how much. You're that's gonna... my thinking. A hundred percent. 
If you can't read a simple thing or you can't do any research, you see it all the time. Like blood pythons are exploding in popularity, mainly because of the morphs, I have no doubt. Um, people will come in there and they'll be like, hey, you know, they'll just ask, a sh they'll shotgun a question out there. And it's like, <sighs> because like with me, even though I still have a bunch of experience, like if there's something I haven't kept, I've already read as much as I possibly could about it because I'm that interested in keeping the animal. Like I've never kept Timor pythons. Well, I would be looking for podcasts or I'd talk to like Chad Gray or other people that keep Timors. I mean, I know enough about them where I'm sure I'd be okay taking care of them, but like I'm, you know, I would do a bunch of research on that. I wouldn't just come on a Facebook group and be like, Hey, you know, I have a lesser male, and four normal females that I've bred since back in the day, two years ago, <laughs> you know, can I, <laughs> you see it all. So I know you know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, but they'll just ask and you know what, that's fine. Okay. At least you're asking, but like, I'm like, God, man, did you even try to like find anything yourself? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to send them the old google.com link and it's just so they know where to get it. What? Well, and what most of the people do, especially in blood pythons, because Kara put all that effort into writing all that down. And it literally, if you put in blood pythons in Google, one of the first things will pop up is her webpage. So if you really, you know, in the time you took you to write that Facebook thing, if you just put blood pythons in Google or blood python care, it'll literally one of the first things that'll pop up will be that stuff that she took time to write out. So what happens is, is a lot of people just send that, they just put that link underneath their question. Nobody answers it. They just send that link. Like, here you go. Go find it and read it. Yeah. I mean, I want to keep on building off of that. You guys but, could but talk we can't because someone's going to so be like, long. you two whiny motherfuckers. You guys like, could talk about Come on. This it's for not so that long. serious. All you're doing is messing with snakes. Okay. So. Yeah. Shit. So, How do you, okay. you transfer Wait. from. I've been holding the well, question for so long. Well, here, what do you guys think of that? I'll be I'll be right back. Just give me one sec. Oh, I had a pee too, another... if that's what you're okay. doing. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm grabbing another drink. Hold on. We'll go do that together. <laughs> All right. Not together, but uh, you know what I mean. I'll just stop. Um, well, I can talk about the show. Why can't I hear myself? I want to do a whole different episode. Oh, Joe doesn't want me to talk about the show. He wants us to do a whole separate episode about that. Well, who knows when that's going to happen. But I can give you just a quick little snippet. Um, we did the show. It was pretty good. We did about, uh, we brought about 30 sneaks and sold a good percentage of it. But the best thing about the show was just like talking to people and meeting people that had listened to the podcast and who'd watched the YouTube videos and even some people who brought snake bot snakes from us in the past. So all of that was really what made it, you know, such a good experience. And the suckiest thing about it, honestly, was that we want to do more, but we unfortunately don't have enough supply to continue to continue doing more. At least at this local show, the next one isn't till February. And we I mean we don't have enough to still have a significant portion by february but i really do like uh doing the shows and we since the show we've kind of been going back and forth there how many go. would we need to produce to, like consistently do shows ah so you I guys really are true like champions i don't want to give it up can we switch no not really yeah she's she's cozy so <laughs> so what was your question okay well so you're in arkansas now 
Where mm-hmm. all do you do shows? Um, I haven't done a show in a while, but like I'll do Arlington. Usually I'll vend with my friends uh, at Snake Eyes Exotics, Matt and Anya Littlefield. You know, they mainly breed ball pythons, but they do Angolans and um, they have some some hog nose that every now and then they produce, a, you know, some albino condas and stuff like that. Um, so when I do Arlington, I'll do Arlington usually with them. Um, I have split a table before with my friends, Noble Reptiles, which are in Oklahoma now. Um, but I've done Oklahoma shows, which are, God, what are those called? Like cold-blooded expos or something like that. Those are actually really good usually. I've always done well with those Oklahoma shows, yeah. And then uh, every now and then I'll do Repticon in South Haven, Mississippi. You know, <laughs> I mean, I usually do pretty good at those, but like, it's more for entertainment for me. Uh, that's <laughs> exactly like, where my brain went. It's like, oh, interesting oh, individuals. Man. I mean, it, it, it is fabulous. I mean, I get so much entertainment out of that show because <laughs> the people that come up and, and like ask you stuff, it's just, it's fantastic for someone like me. Like, I love it to death. It just for that. You'd probably you know, but be I best off do selling well. uh, deep fried Twinkies or something at that show. <laughs> oh, right? absolutely. Oh, man, you'd make a killing. Just like, well, look what Ivory's selling in tech. He's selling salsa. Nobody cares about the, the blood pythons and the retakes. They, they want to buy the salsa. I give a shit about the, you know, albino citron or whatever the fuck it is. You know, they they want the salsa. So We but, like uh, food in the South. Yeah. Oh, I know. Trust me. <laughs> so, how did you end up in Arkansas? The military. Um, before I got off active duty, this was my last duty station, and then uh, I'm in the guard now. But most of my time was active duty. But I found a good civilian job, and then uh, I went in the guard, so I could still get like you know my benefits, and I didn't want to throw away all those years. So I just stayed here, and I really like it here because. It's just so slow and chill that I like it, and uh, it just works out. It just works out good for me. I, I like it. I just like the like the slow moving kind of thing. I mean, I, I would love going to Texas. Like that was a fun weekend, but I was so glad to come home afterwards. Texas you know, is pretty just... slow. <laughs> but there's well, people. I mean, like no, well, like it was mainly like the. The traffic that would oh, drive me insane. Dallas like, isn't. yeah, Dallas is. Yeah, that's that's what I mean by like crazy. Like, I would like if I lived in Texas and had to go to work in like that Arlington, Fort Worth, Dallas area. I mean, I swear to God, I'd jump out of my car and just like somebody run over me because like that. Well, I mean, because like okay, so you have the southern retardation of not being able to drive <laughs> mixed with five lanes of traffic. So when you put that together, that's a bad combination. Well, yeah, everyone's like, hey, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Well, well, that's the thing about, like, you live on the East Coast, and you when you live up north, like, you know, because I learned to drive in Maryland. Okay, someone might cut you off, but they get, I mean, they're driving so fast that, yeah, they might cut you off, but they're out of the way. So you can't, you'll be like, oh, but, well, never mind. All right, that's cool. You know, in the South, you're just like, oh, man, you know, let's go get some barbecue, and they'll cut you off and, like, almost hit you. But then they, they'll get in the fast lane. Like, so they'll cut you off and then but they'll drive the speed limit it's like all those other lanes are for that get out of the, out of the left lane so anyway oh, yeah so the, see, the i love dallas 
traffic wise. The speed limit was seventy in the city. All right, enough about traffic. And guys. everyone, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, hey, so you talk about short tails. <laughs> so, so how did you switch from? I mean, mostly colubrids. How did you get into Borneos and short tails? Well, the thing was, is like, even, you know, back when I was a teenager, you know, I got my first Borneos in 97 when I was 17. Um, what were those I've animals always, like compared to now? Uh, I mean, they like nowadays, just like all of her, you know, herpiculture is like we're, we're spoiled because everything is like uh, there's so many things that are awesome, you know. So, I mean, personality wise, they weren't bad, but, you know, they, they were just dark like really dark they weren't like you know like the stuff that like i have now or frank or cadge or matt you know that kind of stuff i mean you weren't seeing any of that you might see stuff that maybe has some stripes i think marbles were i think marbles were around in the late 90s but you would see stuff like that but personality wise though they weren't mine weren't bad but you know like when i worked for pete the first time like he had all malaysian bloods which you don't see anymore but all the all his bloods sucked. All those things sucked. And Malaysian bloods usually are pretty big too. And I hated dealing with those. He had one wall in his old place that was all it was Brazilian rainbows, Malaysian blood pythons, and I don't remember what else, but like I used to call that the wall of death. And like I would always do that room last. Or that, not that room, that side of the room last. Because I was like, I did not want to clean those cages. But and I mean the rainbows weren't too bad, but like, you know, again, I'm sure if you actually ask someone to be honest, would you like to get bit by an adult Brazilian rainbow? Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. That bite sucks. It hurts. And I didn't think that it would hurt that much till I got bit by a big one. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> that hurt more than I thought. And uh, I mean, because it feels like a Morelia bite. Like I didn't realize their teeth were so long. And, you know, because they kind of got like that, that ball python size head ish. And, you know, I didn't realize that their teeth would be that long. And when I got bit by one, I was like, ah, okay. That's, <laughs> that sucked. But, um, but anyway, I always had, it, it's like I had berms, boas, random like colubrids, you know, like Florida's and Splendida mainly. But uh, then I had like the, the, the random trio of Borneos. So I've always been into Bloods and Borneos. It's just I went, um, when I first got off active duty and I started building my collection back up, I'd always been into carpets. And, you know, ball pythons and boas and stuff like that. So I, you know, I got some of my old boas back that friends had been taking care of for me. So I had boas and then I had some ball pythons and then I had carpet pythons and just the animals I had, you know, I love short tails, but like, I just, I don't know. I, I just didn't have any again. Uh, even back then they were kind of like a, a side thing. Like now how I have like a handful of cow kings and, you know, anteresia and stuff like that. I love those snakes, but I have like, you know, like five anteresia. I don't want any more. I mean, they're cool and I will breed them one day and they're neat snakes and I've always liked them, but I don't want any more. I mean, the only thing I might get is like a granted spotted female, but I have like a pair of spotted and a trio of children's. That's fine. I don't want, I don't want pygmies or anything like that, but, um, I don't know short tails is just kind of 
I don't know. Like, I, I think that every now and then, like if you handle a certain snake, something might click for you. And like, you can just like fall head over heels in love for that animal. And I don't remember really what the moment was with Borneos in particular to where they became like my favorite. But I just know that like, you know, like when you go to Bill's house for uh, carpet fest, like my favorite snake is this big super stripe with the orange head, you know, and he's got the sickness and all these amazing chondras, but I'm, I'm sitting here playing with the tin and, you know, cream colored, you know, Borneo and everybody's geeking out over the black and blue speckled chondra, which that snake is amazing. You know, that, that snake is amazing, but like, you know, I don't know. It's just hard to explain, you know, if, like, if you ever talk to Kara, you know, like her defining moment is going on the VPI and she was a hardcore, you know, locality boa person and going down to VPI and, you know, Tracy handing her a teapot, a beautiful, big adult T positive blood that just, you know, that's what did it for her. I mean, my wife, her favorite snake. Now she loves corn snakes the most and she likes conjures or whatever, but like she likes pinks and purples and all that. So like we had hypo striped lavender, um, lavender sun kissed we had uh salmon snow motley and coral snow we had all that stuff because they were pink and all this and i was taking care of them i used to call it like you know the fruit loop rack you know because i'd be taking care of all my snakes and then i'd like i'm going through this rack of like pink and purple corn snakes and i'm like god can i get some oak teas in here or something but uh oh god i forgot where i was even going with that <laughs> yeah, but I mean, anyway. from a, from an outsider's perspective, that yeah, me holding a blood python, a short tail, is like mm-hmm. a giant slug. I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like, make any it sense. Feels- it must just click for a certain person. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. What? Well, I I heard Dave Barker say it before, which doesn't really hold true with me because I like all snakes, but. You know, Dave said that people either like like the short, thick, you know, short, thick bodied snakes or they like like the long, skinny ones, which makes sense. Because like if you're a colubrid person, you're going to like stuff like obviously colubrids. But then like when you go into pythons, like your collection doesn't surprise me at all. all the fact mean, that like, no, well, no, no, yeah. no. Like because yeah, uh, do you guys so mainly mean. have colubrids? Right. And then like, but your pythons. Besides, like the Morelia, as like you guys have liasis, that doesn't surprise me at all. And Antaresia, and because those snakes, yeah, yeah, and they're similar because they're similar, you know, to colubrids. So the fact that you and guys have a fuscus and because those are just colubrids too. I mean, let's be honest. And it, well, you know, what's funny about that is that people, like, so many people are like, "Oh, rosy bows are so chill." Like, nah, <laughs> rosy bows are dicks. First of all, and like one thing I'll tell you, if, if you do end up getting those, if, if you don't already know, when you feed them, don't have the water bowl in there because those the, those boas, for some reason, I think just because it doesn't ever rain where they're at, they will gorge themselves on water. So if you leave the water bowl in there all the time, they'll gorge themselves on that water. And then when they eat, it'll make them regurge. Really? I found that out the hard way because like I didn't know that I, I've had rosy. I've always had like a token rosy boa. Um but I found that out when I had my whitewater albinos is like, you know, a couple of them would puke and I'm like, dude, what the hell's going on? And I finally started asking and they're like, do you have the water bowl in there all the time? And I was like, yeah, I didn't, 
Of course. You know, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, hydration, (laughs) water. You know, and they're like, well, if you keep it in there all the time, they'll gorge themselves on water and they'll regurge. I was like, oh, okay. Only with those? So, well, that I know of with, you know, I guess when I was paying attention, I just, it seemed that my albinos regurged. I always had like a random, like San Gabriel mountain, or, you know, I always had just like the random gray and orange rosy boa as a pet. And I know that mine that I had forever, you know, she never regurged, you know, and when I had a male, he did just like the colubrid thing, even though I didn't brumate him when he got into the winter months, he went off food, just like a, you know, he just went dormant. So they're, they're awesome snakes, man. I think you guys would like really, if you got into those, you'd really enjoy them. And I mean, you want to talk about hardcore locality, you know, longitude, latitude, where did you find that, you know, fucking snake? Rosie boas are just right there with Alterna. You're like, you know, you got Sanderson, Texas. And if it's on that side of the road, it's West Sanderson. If it's on that side of the road, it's East Sanderson. If you breed them together, you're you're a demon. See, I hate yeah. that stuff. And, and you can get any of the off. looks from like like you can get different do, looks from different localities, but do, one do, it really it's insane i had a trio of christmas mountain like because like i'm sure you guys know like how they actually call they have the blair's phase and then the alterna phase but then some of the alterna phase have like the crazy like granity speckles all in them well i had a trio of christmas mountains that were like that i got two clutches from them and like i got a handful of banded animals you know and it's like okay and i'd show people and then be like well why are those like this and why are these like this i was like i don't freaking know dude shit happens and i like i bred two speckled yeah here's what they look like go through my phone like there's mom there's dad they're both speckled here's a banded one i don't know and they're like well is it a morph i'm like no it's not a fucking morph it just it's a variant of the snake i was like it's 75 bucks. You want to know? I'm just, no, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I actually really do care. It's just like with that kind of stuff. I'm like, it just happens. Yeah. It's a natural variant. So that's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, there's no really other way to explain it. I mean, it's not, it, it's banded. I don't know, dude. <laughs> well, then, no do one you, knows. And that's what, maybe that's no. what attracts you to the fucking Borneos too. <laughs> well, and you know what? The thing with them is like, I think a certain way, with Borneos and I would think that probably a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with how I think with them. But like I read you, you, you can't really find polygenics. God, it's really, I'm actually getting used to it now. I'm just like, fuck it. What, you know, like Borneos are kind of like the crested geckos of Python of pythons. And you can't really find polygenic reading in snakes. So I read about polygenics in plants and humans and other stuff. And, you know, cause polygenics is just, it just works really nuts. And like, when you really dive into it and read into it, I think a lot of the reason that people will, will think that Borneos will be like a recessive or whatever is like, if you really look at polygenics, like the gene can float around in there, but if it's not bred to like the right thing or whatever, it's not going to pop out. What's well, it's, it's explained right there in polygenic reading. Um, I'm the guy, I'm one of the guys that believe that the only Borneo mutation that I believe that's not polygenic is like, you know, the T positive or sunset, 
now that the ball guy has it. But, uh, um, you know, T positives are recessive. Um, I think like super stripe stuff and like stuff like that is more of a incomplete dominant, I guess. But I would think just about any other Borneo mutation is a polygenic. And I actually believe that the gray Borneos, if you look at pictures that like the Indo guys post and like uh, even the Indonesian Python book that Tracy uh, uh, wrote, her and Dave, you look at all the variants in the Borneos. Some of those look like Curtis. Some of those look like Borneos we have in our racks. When you start mixing them around, you're going to have random stuff pop out. But if you look at adults, Okay, like I'll use like Dan's breedings in particular. Dan has a sideswipe male from Karen Ryan that his name's spot on. Well, and that's Magano. Just I, I don't know what he yeah, has yeah, in his yeah. collection, so I don't even know what he keeps. I just know you guys talk shit about him. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love Dan. I love fucking with Dan. It's like it's so much fun. Like the whole, like all those, like those funny pictures. The whole thing is because he posted a bunch of pictures of like himself and, uh, like on his page and then on the blood page, and they looked like Sears portrait photos, like him holding a blood python, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I was like, I'm going to fuck with him so bad. So I look, I just went on Google and I typed in like Sears portrait photos, like the 80s or something. And I found like that really fucked up picture and I put it in there and I was like, Magano be like this or whatever. And my friend Alexa, uh, <laughs> Photoshop it to where Dan's face was in all those, and I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" So for like the longest time, I had it as like my cover photo and like my profile picture. And there's been different times where I've actually used a picture of Dan's my profile picture, and like I've had people message me, "They're like, did anybody ever confuse you for Dan Magano?" I was like, "That is Dan Magano," <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you look like him." I was like, "No, no, no, that's Dan." I was like, we look nothing alike. I was like, that's Dan. I do that to mess with him. Uh, but uh, the, the whole thing with that happened was, and it was years ago when I first met Dan, he bought a certain Borneo from Matt that I was I was in love with this Borneo. And Dan bought it. He, I mean, we didn't know each other. He didn't like do it maliciously or whatever. He just bought it because it's a nice fucking snake. I just happened to love that snake. So then it came with, well, I was like, ah, oh, man, fucking Magano. So then I just started like modifying it like putting hashtags and different stuff. I, you know, after we became friends, I told him I'm going to make like a fuck Magano super stripe <laughs> and like all this other stuff. And like, I just kept carrying it on. And, uh, actually over the years, he's probably bought three or four Borneos that like I really wanted. It's, it's so bad that like, not with Dan, just like when people was like, I got to where I wouldn't like or comment on certain pictures of the snake I liked. Because, like, I just had the worst luck to where if I said, oh, man, that's amazing, or oh, man, or put, like, a liker on or something, some asshole would buy that freaking snake. And then I'd message him because I'm, you know, friends with all those guys. I'm like, you freaking dick. You're like, what, man? I was like, I wanted that snake. Oh, I didn't know. Like... <sighs> so that's where all the, the Dan thing came from. But um, he's a great guy. He's my buddy. I just like to screw with him. I actually have three... Borneos from him, and I'm gonna. Um, he's sending me another one here soon, so I'll actually have four Magano Borneos. So I mess with him a lot, but you know we're good. We're good buddies. You know he has a couple Borneos from me. Um, but with them, I just I'm in the belief that they're all like polygenic. Because if you look at something even like Tiger, uh, Tiger Coastals, 
you know, that's a, a striped animal and they got that defined head head pattern of the tiger, that black, you know, almost like devil horn kind of thing going on in their head. Well, you can breed a tiger to a normal look at like back in the day, like, and if you listen to Morelia Python back, like way back when they're talking about the co-dominant and they're making jokes about it. Well, that's a polygenic thing. But when you bred a tiger, you can breed a tiger to like a, uh, Eric's done it. And he, and he did it to test it. He bred like that super banded albino male of his to like a tiger female, but he got like crazy stripes in there still. Yeah. It's not incomplete dominant or dominant. It's just because that gene is so strong that it just, you know, it, like some polygenics, like you would have to like really, really outcross it to really get rid of a look just because of how it, how strong it is. And I think that's the way with like marbles and everything else. I just, you know, and it, it's hard when people ask me, like people, they came hey in, can you give me a, a Borneo genetic rundown? And, you know, Matt gets, I mean, Matt gets 10 times the questions I do easily. And, you know, it's, but it's just so hard to explain. And then, you know, my, my thoughts on it are going to be different than, you know, several other guys, I'm sure. Um, I mean, a few people agree with me, but like, you know, so it's, it's hard for me to explain it. Cause it's like, the week, was it recessive? I'm like, no, like, was it co-dominant? I was like, well, that's not really a thing, but you know, that's I mean, you know, everybody says that I understand why they say codom cause it's easy. I, I get it. You know, that's been around, you know, even back in the day, like I was saying codom and then I looked it up and I was like, cause people were like that. People were like, that's wrong. And I was like, what? That's all I ever heard. And I started looking it up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is wrong. Right. That's right. the hard part. It's all so many people have ever heard. So. We can just well, phase they do. It I feel like it's more place for people to accept. Well, it just, it, yeah, it just kind of like bled in. It just came into nowhere. It's like, that's Kodom. That's Kodom. And, that, and I was like, okay. And that was just a word I heard all the time. And then all of a sudden, you know, when people started coming in, like, that's not what it means. And I started reading it. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's not Kodom. It. No. I don't think any. I don't think any of that stuff is. Yeah. No. Anyway. Um, okay. So I want to ask some questions from the chat. Uh, our friend Ryan Cox asked. Um, so how often would you offer water to those rosy bows? Like four days a week. I mean, I. I mean, my experience with them isn't like super. I don't know. I can't think of really a word because I've drank too many of these, but. uh like it's not like vast knowledge, but like maybe I don't know, like once a week I'd put the water bowl in, I guess, and just let them drink and then be good. Because I think it like doesn't rain almost at all where most of them come from. I just realized that like with mine and when they were regurging, I asked about it and I was like, Why are my rosy boas, you know, puking? Because I mean they were look totally fine. I mean, the, those snakes are so solid and hardcore that like I if you killed a rosy boa you should just not keep a snake ever again i just <laughs> i mean i mean those things are they're they're tough man so but i don't know like once a week every couple days i mean like if you're gonna go feed it uh, i would take it out like the night before and i would let it digest for a couple days before i put it back in Sorry, I'm trying to talk into her ear while we're doing this because oh. Randall Berry was like, talk 
about hot springs and we were literally oh. just about my next to go question into that. but he said he has to okay. go so i feel bad so no 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 no, no. randall randall stay around at least one sec okay but we also want to uh. put a thing in randall come on the podcast <laughs> Should, Randall, come on the podcast. Randall is in, in the future. So well, Randall doesn't have ADHD, so it won't be as bad. Um, but yes, now okay. And, and, and vast, yeah. So anyway, the yeah, Hot Springs. We're gonna we're gonna build a place called Reptile Garden, and that was Dennis McGee and Randall Berry's idea. And you know, from the layout and everything, it looks you know as long as it's built, which it's gonna get built. I mean, it's gonna be amazing. And it's going to be a real like family environment for, I mean, cause it's going to be Randall there as the curator, Graham Battison as the God, <laughs> assistant, sorry, assistant curator. And then like, you know, I'm going to be a keeper there. I don't know if it's a lead keeper or what, but you know, I'll be there. And then, you know, I'm sure anybody else they hire, you know, they're going to be good people and just like what they want to do with the layout and the stuff they want to keep it. I mean, it's, it's going to be amazing. And I, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Is it something you've like kind of always wanted to do or. Yeah. How'd you come into the mix just in general? I'm just good at keeping snakes and <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with Randall and Randall's like, Hey man, <laughs> he's like, you know, you're good with, you're good with snakes and you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, do you want to come He's like, You want to come work with me? And, uh, you know, and I'm really good friends with Graham as well. Um, and he's a short tail brother. So, you know, both those guys wanted me to work there with them. And, you know, I get to work with reptiles all day and be around my friends. It's pretty awesome. question. Is this something you've always wanted to do or you're just like, Oh, it sounds uh, cool. Or like, nah, I just, I just love snakes and reptiles. I mean, it's, there's going to be a place where I can go to work and take care of them all day. That's pretty awesome to me. You know, I'll just have to, uh, you know, just put, get out of the snake breeder mode when people ask me questions and just go into the teaching mode instead of being like, you know. Yeah, no thumbs up at the reptile garden. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. And be like, hmm. <laughs> I, I, seriously, I mean, like, I hope that like one, you know, like in a Tinley, you, you'll see. I can bend the table, just sit there with me, or you guys vend a couple more shows. You already got you got a taste. You'll see. At least you're not in the South anymore. Oh, I love the South. You're in the no, South. No, 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 no. I mean for vending shows. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's where you get Cletus and all that. Yeah. So Hot Springs, do you know why that location? Like, how is there a guy in the UK? Well, but, and all that? Like, well, 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 the, well, Graham, you know, Graham is, uh, I mean, he, I'm friends with him too, but he, he and Randall are buddies. Graham is a very good, knowledgeable keeper. He's a great guy, good friend. Um, you know, him coming over here with his knowledge and experience will be great. And the type of keeper he is. Because, I mean, there's just several different types of keepers and he's like, you know, he's going to be serious and get a good, you know, do the job the right way. Um, it just, he just so happens to live in England. But, um, you know, the hot springs in general is because Arkansas, I mean, you probably see all like the Arkansas jokes on Facebook. I mean, Arkansas is Arkansas, but hot springs is like the tourist area of central Arkansas. 
you know, we have spas here and like, at least in hot springs we do. So hot springs is where if people do come to tour Arkansas, they usually go to hot springs, you know, and it's, it's going to be basically like right in the center of the city. So it's like a great spot for it. And uh, I mean, it's a beautiful design. You know, I really think they'll do well. I mean, just kind of like with reptile gardens up in South Dakota, you know, they have it right on like you to drive to Mount Rushmore. You have to drive past reptile gardens. That's genius. That's genius because, you know, like even, you know, parents that don't give a crap about reptiles or whatever drive money kids like, oh man, there's snakes and gators over there, dad, you know, and they just want to go to Mount Rushmore, but they'll be like, oh my God, we'll shut the kid up. And they'll go over there. It's genius. So is like the town behind it or how did, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They how already got you, like a. I mean, just how does this get done? Um, uh, I mean, it was Dennis's idea and, you know, Randall's idea. You know, I just, I don't know, man. I'm just. Yeah, Ryan like goes. Ask Randall some more questions. Yeah, yeah, you need to ask Randall about it because, like, <laughs> Randall, like, Ryan, I need you to do this, this, and this, and this. Cool, man. I got you. I'll take care of it. So, will this but, now like, be your, your full time job? Yeah, eventually. Absolutely. And then I'll just do the military gig on the side. But uh, yeah, and now I can't have, wait, you know, because hmm? now obviously you're going to have probably things like monitors, lizards, all types. Of- all kinds of awesome. I mean, like I don't I mean, I've experienced with, you know, Chelonians, you know, obviously, you know, turtles and tortoises and stuff, lizards, non-venomous snakes, all that. But, you know, like I told Randall when he's talking to me and he offered me the, you know, the job to work with them. I told him, I was like, look, man, I have like next to no experience with crocodilians. I mean, but I learn and I pay attention because I care and I really want to learn. Um, you know, I'm not like a fearless, you know, I'm not Steve Irwin going to jump on crocs and shit. I mean, they, that's one reptile that like, you know, I mean, they're amazing. I like looking at them or whatever, but like messing with them. I mean, they, you know, kind of, eh, but I will, and I want to learn, but I also told Randall, you know, even though I've never worked with venomous snakes, you know, I would like him to mentor me or Dennis or whoever show me what to do and show me how to do it. And I can do it. I mean, I can read snake body language and I know, you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to the animals and I just don't mess with venomous snakes. Cause I didn't, you know, I just had a feeling that I would get, I do something stupid and get bit. You know, be like, oh, you know, show go to show somebody like, oh, yeah, there's a tangerine hondo in here. And I pull it open and it's like, oh, no, it's the cobra. And, you know, that's what I was, I was always worried about that happen, even though I would have it labeled. I just know that, like, I'd be drinking too many of these and uh, I'd be doing one of my little ADHD moments and I'd be like rifling through the tubs and I'd be like, oh, no, that's the cobra tub. That's why I don't understand how people mix their personal collection with stuff like that. I mean, people have personal collection of venomous because we are so haphazard. And that's kind of our way to stop thinking about other things yeah. is like we take care of our animals and play with our animals. Or, you know, so it's like with that, you always have to be on. It's not that mm-hmm. you kind of get away from the world the way we do it with our non-venomous snakes. Like you have to be clear headed. You need to do everything correctly. Well, Oh, absolutely. And like, if, if you watch the venom interviews, I don't know if you ever watched that Randall's in that, um, you know, that place in Florida that does like that amazing work. Well, the, the one chick, like the Brazilian chick or whatever, they had that, uh, they had a tub that had a Honduran milk snake in it. 
and it had been in that tub forever. Well, I guess somebody moved around tubs or something because the story was in the vendor interview. She was telling it and like they moved that milk snake and I guess they had put a lance head in there or something. And she went to show somebody that milk snake, but there was like a lance head or something super venomous in there. And when she opened the tub, feed response had bit her right in the hand and it jacked her all up. You know, and th this is a professional keeper. It just by somebody, you know, just like in normal day life communication, you know, somebody moved snakes around and didn't say anything. And then, you know, that happened. You just like the other bite she said she took, she was just gardening in her house and like a coral snake in the in her garden bit her. That's random. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And I mean, Randall just said ninety nine percent of his collections venomous. So I have a feeling. Yeah. That you oh, have it's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Like I, he had a spe he has a species in there that I'd never seen before, and I didn't even know existed. There, I don't remember the scientific name, which bothers me. But uh, they're zebra. They're they're zebra spitting cobras. I didn't know what they were. Like I went to his house, and I like you know I was looking around his setup. But I was like, oh, man, what are those? Like, I didn't know what they were because they're smaller. At least his are, you know, the small snakes. But they look like a black-headed python, but it's a cobra. And I was like, oh, man, what is that? And then I looked at it, and he was telling me, you know, because he has a scientific name on it, but I didn't know what that was. And he's like, oh, those are zebra spitting cobras. I was like, oh, my God, those are amazing. I'd never seen those before. I mean, that, that, that's, what, that's, a, that's one thing about snake keeping that's cool to me is like – even though I've been doing this a long time and I've kept a lot of species and I have a lot of friends that keep a lot of species. Like I like when I can go to somebody's house and they have something I've never seen. Cause that's awesome. I was like, man, I didn't even know those existed. And I was talking to Kara about it and she knew what they were. She's like, Oh yeah, those are amazing. And I was like, Oh wow. I didn't even know they existed. Yeah. It's like, you know, people don't realize that people think you like snakes. You kind of know everything about snakes, but people don't realize that you could spend your whole life and not know everything and almost no fucking nothing right. to be honest no no and and that see that's another thing and it's not a it's not a, a ball thing either it's just like people that breed just morphs of like one of the main you know like the core five super popular things but like that's all they do and they think they're like amazing that's why a lot of times like that's like earlier in the show when i was like whoop de do you know because it's like you know oh i made a banana sunday split or whatever and it's like okay well do you know what this is no well you suck <laughs> yeah I mean, so, anyway it's yeah no it's like cool always learn things. always learn it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this always, always learn yeah and like and stay humble i mean i joke around a lot and i'm sarcastic or whatever else but like i know that you know randall you know, he's my friend. We're, we're good. He knows that I have a lot of knowledge or whatever, but I know that Randall is a literal treasure trove of information. And I would never assume to know more than I'm just using him as, him as an example. I would never, you know, presume to know more than he does. Cause I don't. Yeah. And that's the thing. Don't be, you know, even though I joke around a lot, like I'm not, you know, arrogant like that. Like I want, like when I meet someone like that, I want to talk their ear off. Like, just give me everything, man. I want to know it. That's why I love talking to Kara so much. I mean, cause like when we talk, we just, the information is just, it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I think there's only so many 
of those people out there and something that at least we try to do with the podcast even though we may not be the most knowledgeable people we're trying to get knowledgeable people on to kind of document this the conversations that you would have with oh absolutely personally you know we want to be able to record that and have it you know well that's a hold on real Kid thing. One sec. No, no, this I is a kid thing. This is a, one. Yeah, one sec. Hold on. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, basically 16. One sec. <laughs> a little fruit fly. It felt like a wild You're animal. You're killing flies. He's seeing stuff. Seeing stuff? Seeing stuff. <laughs> He's not seeing We're a mess. Stuff. It's his child. Um,. That's crazy. That's going to be awesome. So, I like Randall read... said, 28,000 square feet, which you I know can't about even it that. imagine. What is that? Compare that to something real life. I don't know, like a Walmart? No, that's what I, I, I always, I that's know, what I always I compare it to. I always Walmart think, is, like, to is it bigger than a Walmart? That's what I always... I just think, like, your standard house is usually, like, uh, 1,500 to 2,000 square feet, depending I don't know. So like a hundred houses? Anyway. <laughs> Did you say 280 or 28,000? No, no, I have no idea. 28,000. So like 28 houses? I'm so bad. It's like 28 houses? <laughs> it's fucking huge, basically. Is, what, is, what is a Walmart bigger than 28 oh, houses? <laughs> and I wonder, I guess that's like there we go. not <laughs> There we go. So is it going to be like an inside-outside thing? Um, I think I'm trying to remember the layout in my head, but like, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that like, I'm pretty sure there's stuff that's going to be outside. Like, I can't remember exactly. Cause like, I'm not as in tune with all the goings on that like Randall and Graham would be, you know, again, Randall, Ryan, I need you to do this, 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 and this. Cool. <laughs> All I know is there will be no Borneo exhibit. I mean, told me that several times. Do you say of what animals are involved, or do you know what animals are involved? Um. Oh, I mean, I'm sure that like Randall and Graham will be like, you know, they'll ask me like, "Hey, man, you know, what do you think about this?" I I, I have no doubt, especially because they're friends. They'll be like, "Hey, man, what do you think about this?" Um, you know, and I'll give you know my opinion, but um. I know there's going to be a, obviously, you know, there'll be, God, this pisses me off. Um, obviously there'll be, you know, big snakes. That's, that's a given. You have to have big snakes at something like that. Um, Ew. there'll be a native section Sorry, you just closed, you to where they have <laughs> Evan. The fuck, man? You fall in it. The hell's going on there, Evan? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there'll be big snakes. There's croc. There's gonna be crocodilian stuff like caimans, crocs, gators. Um, no doubt there'll be big tortoises. Uh, you know, big pythons, and uh, there'll be there will be a native section where there'll be native venomous and non-venomous. Uh, that's that's what I know, and I think. I think Randall was telling me there's going to be like, it's going to be split up. Like certain sections will be split up to like, uh, like continent type stuff. Like, you know, like there'll be like an Australia section and then like an Asia section and 
stuff like that where there'll be like venomous and then non-venomous also in the same area which would be pretty neat you know there'll probably be like a retic and then like cobras and stuff like that and then um you know the australian section i'm sure there'll be some kind of taipan um you know i personally would like a colette snake to be in there yeah those are pretty freaking badass i love those things but uh you know it's kind of funny like i'm not a big fan of boega i mean they're, they're, they're cool snakes but like i'm not like a like so many of my friends geek out over a mangrove snake and i'm like eh. I, I mean i mean they're cool i mean you know if somebody had one i'd be like oh wow that's neat but i mean uh, people just geek out over those and i'm like all right and somebody had a hypo one and i was like that's worse than the fucking regular one it's like now it's brown and yellow <laughs> Bleh. oh and like i have like literally probably one of the ugliest jungle carpets one of those snakes well it was a female but it's, it's definitely a male he's just a really big male he's one of those jungles that's like he's so ugly that he's cool looking like he's so dark that it's neat huh. if that makes sense at least you're you know, like some jungles way, you're, if it just looks like a coastal then you're totally fucked no no and the funny thing is is like jungles are probably even though i had a bunch of them back in the day and i understand why i got rid of them now is like they're probably like my least favorite carpet python i mean they're neat but they've also like i hate mixing and all that stuff like i don't judge i don't care what people do but like they're probably the most mixed carpet like when i see one that's like blazing highlighter yellow and black there's diamond in that i just i know somewhere in the line there's diamond in that i don't care that there's diamond in that i just it's just not my thing yeah, I, I like think it's probably not in your best interest to mark them as pure if you want to be accurate mm-hmm. because I mean you'll see some mm-hmm. people post pure carpet but or pure jungle but you, no one fucking knows that for sure. No, no. Well, and I mean I you know I had a talk with and everybody that knows Robin Amy Zirkel know that like know them as Kluber people which they are. But like Robin Amy, especially Rob, you know, he, I mean his experience goes back for forever. And he's another like Randall type where he's a treasure trove of information. And, you know, he can tell you like carpet stuff from way back in the day, you know, because he and I were talking about jungles one time and how jungles nowadays, a lot of them are pretty decent sized snakes. When they were first coming in way back in the day, jungles aren't big, like four to five foot, most of them, you know, but what is a big carpet? Diamond pythons are big. Gustals are big. Hmm. Also, wonder how the how the fuck to feed them. People just treat them. No, I don't feed them every week. <laughs> well, yeah, and like people come over to my house and like you know they'll see like that jungle in particular. He's like eight years old. Well, his head is like that wide, but he's only like that big around. But even if I did want to feed him a lot, as soon as winter time comes, he doesn't eat, really? which is great for me because I'd rather him not eat, so I don't have to pay to feed him. But <laughs> You know, because he's just a pet. I just, I, I'll always keep him because he's a cool snake. And when someone comes over and they want to handle a big carpet or whatever, I'm like, here you go. Like that snake is not going to bite anyone. I just pull him out. I'm like, here you go. And because uh, mostly what I keep are brittles, uh, because I, you know, I like earth tone snakes, and brittles are easily my favorite. They're, They're definitely my favorite Morelia, but tone as earth tone gets though. I mean. 
Eh, it, it depends. I mean, they're some of mine are pretty fucking earth tone. <laughs> I mean, I have some afores that don't look very earth tone, but like some of my like my lasic my lasic stuff or lasic stuff, they're they're pretty damn earth tone. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're I mean, and it's cool. Like brittles are. And see, I'm not a huge fan of the hypo. I love the hypo look, but I the one thing I like about brittles is the dark tail. And well, the hypo kind of strips that out of it, and I'm just I, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I love stonewash, and uh, and I and I actually don't like. And I'm a striped fiend, just like Minnetola. I mean, he and I both. I mean, we live and die by striped animals, but like uh, striped uh, brettles are just not because it, it fucks up the nasty, tail. Man, I'm gonna be honest. They, they stripe. They they fuck up the tail. Uh, the color's weird and it just like it you know i kind of just like the only more for brettles that i really dig is the stonewash and i mean those hypo stonewash are awesome though too the combo that was that's actually a lot nicer than i thought they'd be when i saw those i was really impressed with those i was like okay those are those are pretty sweet how many brettles do you i actually have? didn't <laughs> it's funny you said that because one day Kara asked me on the phone she's like hey how many brettles do you have and I was like I don't know and I, and I was like I have eight I didn't even realize I had that many I was like oh shit I have it I started counting them and I was like wait I have eight brettles pythons Deeper. god no that's the thing that's what's even funnier I didn't produce them I just have eight brettles pythons uh, the one I bought the one I bought from Owen because like I was looking, you know, all my friends went to Tenley one year and I was looking through all their photos and I saw Owen's table and he had a Brettles python in the top of the tower. And I was like, I want that snake. And this is how I am. If I want that snake. I'm going to contact you and buy that fucking snake. I'm not going to be like, I need to ask the wife and then disappear. Um, because she would already know. And I'd be like, Hey, babe, I'm going to buy the snake. She's like, okay, whatever. And, uh, that's just how that goes. But, uh, so I hit up Owen and bought that snake. So he made a Tenley sale without me even being a Tenley. And uh, she's of unknown lineage, but she is like, um, she is amazing. Um, so I have her. I have a trio of a fours. One's a 2012 that I got from Colin Seifert. 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 Yep. Bruce City Reptiles. Uh, Colin's a good dude. I got that from him. I have a pair of a fours, young ones that from, from Joe Lombardo. And then I have a pair from Austin. And then I have a pair of Lasix from uh, my friends, uh, Tom and Lindsay, uh, noble reptiles. That's the one that like, uh, I don't know if you saw them, Joe, but like when I had that giant Brettles Python here for a while, that was their snake. Like when they were moving to Oklahoma, they sent all their big snakes for me to take care of. And like that Brettles female, I mean, she's huge and Lindsay always thought she was like over eight foot because i've always been like big on like i don't think people realize how big a seven foot snake is because the cage that my big big boa is is in is 74 inches so it's just over seven foot and i was like hmm, i, I kind of wonder so i mean and that brittle is massive so i let her stretch out all the way across that seven foot cage and like her head went over one corner and her tail just went over. so that snake was about seven and a half foot but I bet you money that most people, if they saw that Brettles python, would have thought she was nine or ten foot. It's like you know, because she's fish. You yeah. put a couple pounds on there, put a couple feet. On yeah, there on this. Yeah, it's a five pound bass, and it's three. It's three pounds. It's 
and and I don't think people realize that carpet pythons forever were known to be you know pretty large animals and people thought that mm-hmm. they were pushing those eight feet especially coastals and i mean uh-uh. i mean i know my jungle is like i mean that's basically an adult corn it's in a 41 quart mm-hmm. tub and he's not going anywhere from there i mean Mm-mm. no no not no it, it, it seven foot like i think when people have a massive carpet python in captivity and they're like oh this thing's nine foot or whatever especially if it's coitus you know, at, at Repticon, um, you know, the, most of those really massive carpet pythons are seven foot. I don't know what you're saying. Oh, nothing. Chat. <laughs> Sorry, you answered oh. someone in the chat, but he's getting a snake next year. That's what I was trying to oh. tell you. Oh. Sorry. Wow. wow. Really oh, did you, oh, did you guys... Uh, whispering. Yeah. I'll ask you well, guys. Ryan, did, did you guys produce... Did you guys produce... Well, that's not on. Uh... Did you guys produce any? Uh, it's like my favorite combo, and I I love honey corns. Like I absolutely, I think those things are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I want yeah, like two corn snake that I want, and I don't want like if they have hits and shit, which I already know they would. Like corn snakes that I would want that the wife would have no input in getting them. I was like, I would get like a pair of ambers and then honeys, just because I like the way they look. Um, because if she would pick them out, they'd be like, you know, some kind of purple or pink yeah, we don't freaking snake that do any of the purple pink stuff. But what are you talking about? No. Made ghosts. Yeah, yeah, that's purple, uh, but it's not. It's but not but honeys purple. is like kind of, and this is no intention of mine. But honeys are like kind of what we're known. Like someone at Tinley was like, "Hey, you're that guy who produces honeys," and I'm like. I, I guess. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> one year. Yeah, so yeah. How did we become those people? We, we did it one time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were so you cool. guys are the honey people. Uh, okay. Yeah, and the honeys yeah, are funny because Joe and I like two different versions. I like the big black saddle honeys, and he doesn't. Right. Um. So we have we have honey motley, which is. I mean, there's no black saddles, really. There's no black in it. And then we have these just like we're breeding them in the black for the black outline for the pattern. So we have some pretty cool like black pattern ones, but we just mm-hmm. sold the last one at, at the show we were at. Um, if you want to look up NJ Garter Guy, he has a lot of cool garter snakes, but he just bought our last honey. And it was it was one that was supposed to be a holdback, but I, I catch back three. They all happen. Yeah. Like I don't hold back females at least in that project i don't hold back females just because they're female i would just hold it back mm-hmm. best looking snakes and of course the best mm-hmm. looking snakes was three males so uh, <laughs> so he got my third best one that i produce i still have two males that are fighting over kind of who why are you keeping them both because what? and you know what man that's funny that you say that because like i have always been of because like people would come to the house no matter what species i at and I usually had, if if the male numbers weren't above or equal, they were close because they'd be like, why do you have four males of this? And I'm like, I, you know, if I have the funds, if I see an amazing snake that I really want, and if it ends up being a male, you know, as long as I can afford it, and depending on how much I wanted that animal, I still buy it. Yeah. I do the same thing like you did, like with holdbacks. If I produce something and like the top three are males, I mean, I'm probably only going to keep two of them 
and pick my least favorite out of those three, but like, I'm going to keep them because they're awesome. I mean, they're going to pass those genetics. I mean, yeah, it'd be better if they were a female sometimes, but like, if it's amazing, if it's a male, I'm going to keep it or I'm going to buy it. You know, I'm just that one Dan sending me uh, the Borneo. It's a male. Yeah, sure. It'd be cool if it's a female, but I don't care. Sometimes, I mean, and I try not to have that many males. You know, I try to keep a good ratio, but at the end of the day, it's so underestimated. Just getting mm-hmm. the best snake and breeding it to the best snake is just breeding be exactly the what best. Breeding the best snake to the best snake that should always be everyone's goal, and that just like it drives me insane with that to where people will literally just to produce them and and this is what happens this is what happens they produce them they're they're you know and there's nothing wrong with being a nobody or whatever that doesn't matter we breed snakes for christ's sakes but we're all you know no nobody knows who you are you don't do any you don't advertise or you're you're not out there putting your name out there you're not talking to people whatever and you just breed random ugly fucking snake to random ugly fucking snake and then you make really ugly snakes and then of course people aren't kicking in your door to buy them because they suck obviously well then they wholesale them they send them to triple l triple l moves them they just put on their random generic name and then they go out into the public and then that person buys that snake because it's the cheapest snake and then they breed it to this ugly fucking snake and then it just keeps continuing on so the people that actually you know, put in the time and effort to really go after putting the best with the best, you know, I mean, even like back in the day with like, like how Kara did it with bloods, um, you know, going through countless amounts or Tracy or any of those people, like you, you go through countless amounts. She still wasn't just breeding like random, ugly blood to random, ugly blood. She would go through all these wild cots or whatever. She'd find this one, like the original raspberry line founder, Boom. Okay. I got this snake. Okay. I got this male. That's the best of the best. Breed them. Keep the best back. That's how you start a line. You know, just breeding random. I have a spider. I'm going to breed it to every ugly ass normal I can find. And I don't know. Or pastel. People are worried about selling snakes or making a name for yourself. People, I mean, some people are just trying to collect genes, but it's like you don't realize that there are no actual shortcuts, but the best shortcut Mm -hmm. is just getting the best snakes. I mean, we've only been breeding for five years or so, but I mean, the fact that you're able to make an impact with just good-looking animals, it doesn't matter how long you're doing it. The the first thing, and I know you guys would agree, is like the first thing you should do is like, first of all, get species that you love. That you are really, that you really just fucking dig. Because if you don't, it's going to become a chore to take care of them. And if you do it just for money, you will burn the fuck out quick. Happens all the time. Find snakes that you really, really love to mess with. Then... It will matter to you, I mean, within reason, if you're producing like tons and tons and tons. But like if you produce reasonable amounts of babies and you work with something that you love, it won't feel like work or a chore because you'll enjoy working with those animals so much. I've only sold a handful of my Borneos I produced this year, but I haven't been advertising a whole lot. And I just, they're my favorite species. So it's no big deal. 
for me to take care of them. Uh, and that's the way that I think it should be. I don't believe everybody should. I mean, you know, I'll never tell people what they should do. I don't like hybrids, you know, but my buddy, our buddy, Ivory, he makes hybrids and he loves them. <laughs> but he's a, he's a cool dude and I love that guy. I'd do anything for him. I think hybrids are fucking trash, but he loves them. Cool, man. But cool, man. I would never, if you want to do that, that's fine. The the only, the only, the main reason I hate hybrids is not even the way they look. Cause some of them are kind of cool looking. Yeah. The, 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 the problem is, is that, okay. You take a responsible person, you know, Facebook posts aside, Ryan's a responsible guy. So Ryan breeding, those animals ryan's going to tell people exactly what they are you know i bred a matrix blood or an ivory blood to this ball python or whatever he did to make a certain more and i'm just using him for example because we were both friends with him okay ryan's going to tell them and that's that's the way and that's going to be honest but this is what happens so many times with hybrids but as they start trickling down and they start getting bred more and more and more into one of the other species and they start to look more like that other animal then people are like, eh, I'm going to call this a striped matrix blood. <laughs> but it has ball python in it, but we'll just leave that little tidbit out. And then, you know, so then somebody's got mixed blood animal in there. It's kind of like with corns breeding. Okay, like an emery rat snake. This is my opinion. Corbett people, you can burn me the steak if you want, whatever. Emery rats look nothing like corn snakes, in my opinion. If you really look at them, you really look at them, just like an eastern milk. It's like no, it's nothing like a corn. Wow, okay. wow, you're getting, I'm sorry, getting I'm really... up. Calm down, calm down. No, it's okay. Well, no, because because <laughs> that's like saying saying an emery is a corn snake is like saying an Australian olive is a poplin olive. Oh, you know, I hate when people say that. that. They don't look anything alike. Popwins have that bulldog head, and I feel like Emery's kind of have a fat head too in comparison to the corn they do. snake. When the Australian olive has a nice slick head, kind of like a they, corn snake does. I feel like those are parallels, which is just weird because I'm in the Lyasis. That's well, the only reason why I think that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if you look at it, and it's just like, okay, if you look like an, an Emery rat snake, it, it to me it looks nothing like a corn snake. Just like okay, like if I was in Kansas herping or whatever where emery rats are, and I caught an emery rat, especially if it was an area that overlapped, I wouldn't be like I would not get the two confused. Like if I caught a corn snake in one county and then I caught an emery in another county, I wouldn't be like oh wow, this is the same thing. It, it's to me anyway. I think I think people would justify things to uh, meet their own means if that makes sense um you know like no 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 that's the same thing like when they argue or whatever but eh, it's not really not you look at the quote-unquote orange head sumatrans the curtis and they're not really i, I don't really know the orange head thing because most adults i see have a yellow head those snakes i bet i will bet money those are not the same species as the black curtis there's no fucking way those are the same snake because the yellowhead or orangehead Curtis are in the north of the island of Sumatra. The blacks are all the way down in the south, and there's a big size difference. Those ones up north don't get it big like the black Curtis, because I know, and I know you have them, Joe. They they don't get nearly the same size. 
the color palette is not even close and, and there's so much differences but you know and if you take like a cow king and a splendida i mean they're very similar but they're different they're completely different and i just you know i think the problem is with pythons in particular because a lot of those places are not very easy to get to and do research on you know like with the scrubs and other some of those other animals i bet if someone is able to really do a ton of research they would find out that a lot of this stuff is 100 percent completely different we'll have hoser check it out and hillary oh yeah <laughs> that, uh, that guy hey buddy i got a hunch but uh, i mean but but eastern there's eastern rat snakes which are apparently black rats yellow rats everglades rats. i mean we experience the same thing and that's within the united states it's within the backyard they keep fucking with rat snakes and that just drives me insane it's like, you know, for so long as a laugh-a, and then they started calling stuff pantherophis, and then, you know, it was obsoletus, and now it's whatever the fuck it is, which I'll never call it whatever they changed it to. Um, but then when they started, you know, you cannot group a black with a yellow. They're not even close to the same thing. Even a gray rat. You go into Mississippi. Okay, if I go and catch a black rat, you know, in my county, Pulaski County, Okay, normally our black rats in Pulaski County are very, very dark black. I catch that snake. I go down to you know Paris, Mississippi, where my friends live, and I catch a gray rat. They don't look anywhere near the same. Like they look completely different. So them just like, I just think that's lazy, just to pile all that together. I just think it's lazy. I think they did it just because somebody asked them to, and probably got paid money. I care some grant money, go do some, go do some work or whatever. So if I had to guess, that's probably what happened there. Cause why would you change that? That, that makes no sense. Black rat snakes are probably besides cottonmouths are probably the most common North American species. Well, I don't know. Pitch or is well, bull snakes. Eh, bull snakes are, they have a pretty big range, but yeah. Well, garter snakes. Yeah. They, they're everywhere. Even that, so, dude, like the northern water snake, you'll find northern waters, whether people want to believe it or not, in Texas. And yeah, oh yeah, at least no, from no, we have them here. Uh, they mm-hmm. are every bit a northern water snake, but they are very far from the north. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, people like one the the picture I probably get the most, and it's it's during the summer when my friends are going out, and these aren't the snake friends. And they're like, "Oh man, what's this?" It's almost always a diamondback water snake. Cause you know how they look, you know, just the way they look, they look like they would be dangerous, but they're not obviously they're thick bodied with that, you know. but, but they're, they're thick bodied. They got a weird pattern, but it's always so obvious when it's an Arodia. I mean, you see it right away and you're like, it's a water snake, but you know, and the diamondbacks have that, you know, that cryptic pattern in them in particular. And people are like, Oh man, what is that? And I was like, it's a diamondback water snake. They're all over Arkansas. And they're like, well, is it going to do anything? I'm like, no, just leave it alone. Just leave it the fuck alone. That, that's whether it's a copperhead or not, just leave the snake alone. It's not going to chase you. Yeah. It's re- literally going to sit there. And if it moves, it's going to go that way. Yeah. Just leave it alone. And I mean, have you gotten opportunity to go herping in Arkansas or do you go? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I go all the time whenever I can anyway, you know, with, with a big snake collection work and family, 
I mean, it's not easy, but like I try, I do try to go. What are you the know. collection laws as far as Arkansas is, you know? Uh, they're still trying to change all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know 100% what they really are right now, but they're trying to change it. Like I know myself and a few other keepers spoke at their little meeting they had. And, you know, they're trying to whitelist certain species to where you wouldn't have a perm, you wouldn't need a permit to breed them like the common stuff and their first list was well native they're kind of and that's mainly because you know kelly Irwin, the the state herpetologist like he really really cares about native species which i totally understand that respect that um you know but i may or may not have back in the day remember may or may not have depending on who watches this I may or may not have used to breed black rats and whole brook eyes, speckled kings, and Caligaster, prairie kings. Uh, I may, I may or may not have used to breed those animals, and then release their offspring where I caught the adults. <laughs> but you know, because you're you, back in the day, you're only supposed to keep six of a certain species local. So I would field collect certain animals and. You know, if I, but I breed them, I would just release the babies back to where I caught the adults. And most of the time I would release the adults eventually. I would just keep them for a while. And then I just let them go exactly where I caught them. Um, most of the time it was like in abandoned farms and stuff like that. That's like a, like if, if you field herp and you're just driving down a road and you see like a place that looks like you would need a tetanus shot, you like definitely will find snakes in there. Especially like rats. absolutely guaranteed. Rat snakes will be in there like I mean I mean be stepping on them. I mean they're especially black rats. And you being in Pennsylvania now, like oh my god, you're like you're in a treasure trove. Like you be and if you go further up like like well I don't remember where Philadelphia Philadelphia is South Pennsylvania in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like you go for I mean man you you got you got coastal milks, you got uh Eastern milks, black rats, uh, timbers. Uh, God, you guys got all kinds of awesome stuff up there. Yeah, we're going to do I don't think... a uh, timber. We're going to go to a dense site in the spring. I oh, not we, it's we? me. <laughs> it's me, not we. You. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got a guy. This we happen. And who's this? I Melissa, don't know. Melissa said, have fun. Yeah, there's no we. <laughs> have fun with that. And I would try to oh, go yeah, to but... Pine Barrens and see, you know, pine. Oh, yes. Absolutely. The like northern pines. I, I love pine snakes because they are the ultimate resting bitch face animals. Yeah. Like no, they, not even resting bitch face, just bitches. Active, <laughs> yeah. Active they're like I love pituovas so much. Pituovas, I God, and you get into all the Mexican stuff like the depi and John I and all that. They are just some big animals, <laughs> but the the red that can come in on that animal. Is... I, I love it, man. Like, cause the same thing, uh, same reason I love a uh, Mullendorfi. I love how they have that, that body color and then like their head, they have like that reddish head. And that's why I like the Mexican so pines. Flower rat snake. You've seen that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, oh, those are so, God, I love those so it's much. It's like multiple animals in one. It's a, it's it a is. It, it's like three snakes in the one. That's <laughs> the, the, the wife loves, uh, her taste is hilarious because she likes ball pythons, corn snakes, but then she likes chondros, beauty snakes. So she'll like, 
she likes like the two most common species. Well, and then the leopard geckos too, but then she likes like the really rare stuff too. But she doesn't know that it's rare. Like when I first take, took her to Arlington, um, God, it was almost six years ago. She's like, oh, you guys have like a snake underground. <laughs> I was like, she's like, I didn't even know this existed. I was like, well, babe, most people don't if they're not into a hobby. I'm sure there's like stamp collector meetings or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that that one Arlington that, that I bought that Motley at that you guys were at in 17, like next door, they had like some kind of wedding thing to where like I knew that because I was standing out back and like all these random people were walking out I'm like those aren't snake people what are they doing here and, but they were going in like you could buy like wedding supply stuff because I asked them because I'm obviously not a shy person I was like hey what are y'all doing in there and they're like oh there's like a wedding show I was like what's a wedding show oh they're oh they're amazing <laughs> they're called expo oh, well, <laughs> yeah, it's a wedding expo and like all these gals are like oh it's a wedding expo I was like uh, what and I'm sitting there thinking that's weird when I'm at a fucking <laughs> expo for, for like snakes and like I think these people are weird for like wanting like flower bouquets and everything and I'm in an expo with pythons and snakes in it that's like, better yeah, that's than one waiting a one year or one Arlington. I don't remember what it was. We're rolling Ryan on in his uh wheelchair and we turn like the wrong way and we end up walking to like a Jesus thing. And like if oh, you know yeah. Ryan Sullivan, he is not the person to no. walk into. No, as far as he didn't burst into flames. <laughs> like, oh god. Like we, yeah, that's we, when he, that's when he had the retic bite injury. A poor middle-aged woman and turned around. You were so bad, but it was just like so funny. Like, oh, not the snake. Area. <laughs> I think we were trying to find the auction, like whatever room the auction was in, or something. And like, well, and also like talking about his wife. Like, you, one of your favorite snakes is Mandarin rats. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. But it's like for us, like we don't really keep that way. As far as you know, I don't keep mm-hmm. anything. It's like room temperature, and it's like they mm-hmm. are kind of a rare snake but it's like you stumbled across those and that's what you're into well it's it's partially with those is just because like they just don't it, all the imports that were coming in back in the day they just like they would die Food market animals yeah. because they were just treated so terrible because i mean because they're pretty hardy it's why as long as heat heat as long as you get them hot like all my mandarins that i had like I mean, they're, they're hardy snakes. Just don't get them hot. Um, you know, they ate like fiends. I mean, they're a rat snake. I mean, that's one thing I always loved about rat snakes. Half of them are assholes, so they're going to eat anyway. And then, you know, they're just eating machines. Um, but like mandarins are, you know, even the ones that are bred, you know, in captivity, like they don't have big clutches. Mm-hmm. So you know and then you get a guy like you know like uh ralph polinski who breeds a lot of mandarins well he he keeps a lot but he also has locality specific just like matthew most does so they got some really nice stuff because like there's a there's a guy in california or whatever he's he has the albino i'm not a big albino anything fan especially a I mean, fucking albino mandarin co- dude it's already the best looking fucking snake how dare you Yo, it ruins it no 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 it ruins it no 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 it's fine and unless the unless you're worried about the viewers, like I, I do like, like, the I like when he gets all fired up. Though. I like the albino black. Oh no, that's no, that's cool. No, that's cool. I do like that. I like no, but I mean, I like I, I like the exanthic 
um, Mandarin because it's black and white. I mean, that, that's cool. But um, I like the Vietnamese Mandarins because those are the ones that get really big. Like they can get, I think, over six foot. And like the, I think the, the, the Szechuan, had too many beers to pronounce this, the Szechuan or whatever Chinese locality, the, uh, those get pretty decent size too. I mean, mine were all, my bigger ones were like three foot at most, but, and then when you get ones that have like the red in them, oh, yep, see? That one has black in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiger carpet. <laughs> get out of here. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, you know, I, but you know, one thing I haven't like, I like their price has been pretty consistent though. Oh yeah. If like they haven't exploded and we're consistent about it, like you got your feed bill covered. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, oh, depending yeah. on, I don't know how many animals drop dead. That's the whole thing about like rare snakes. You don't know exactly mm-hmm. how that goes about. Man, I, I, man, I can only imagine because like uh, so many of those Asian rats, I mean, coming over here, because, I mean, they'll, they'll get dehydrated easily. And, you know, just like, you know, there's not a lot of real estate to those animals as far as, like, you know, size. So it's just, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, one species, like, if I were you guys, you know, just my taste anyway. Like, I like Kaimakafora, you know, the Japanese, especially the Kunashiri Island, Kunashiri Island ones uh, with the blue and the turquoise in them. Those are one of my favorite snakes. But uh, rhino rats... I know they're kind of trendy nowadays, but those are long been awesome. Um, I still want the Malagat. opposite side of the world, but oh, same thing. Yeah. I want some blues and greens. I'll take both. Bar- Baron's racers are amazing. Uh, God, what else? Have you seen the, the high yellow mandarins? I only saw those recently, I, but... <laughs> One of the best ones I've ever seen in my life was at the Fort Worth Zoo. And this snake was like, I actually had it as my cover photo for a while. I mean, it almost looked like a hypomelanistic. It was so insanely yellow. And uh, it's like the only one that I've seen in person. Um, But, you know, because like a lot of the mandarins that I've seen in person or, you know, in photos for the most part of this Szechuan locality, the Chinese, the ones that have like varying amounts of red which I'm not really a huge fan of. I don't mind it, but you know, I kind of like the the ones without the red. Gray, Unless it's crazy. <laughs> that, that's it. Like it, it's mandarin rat snakes have to be like one of the top five naturally occurring snakes. That's just amazing. Them, Ridley Eye, Mullendorfi. Oh, you know, like the like the white. Oh yeah, the 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 wife calls a uh, Ridley Eye rainbow snakes. <laughs> remember babe the Ridley eye rainbow snakes oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's another she snake she doesn't you, care you, you like multiple snakes in one yeah <laughs> uh, sorry this this is my wife anyway <laughs> she's over there cats over here but uh yeah that's that's one thing I, I I love about those man you get like the yellow and then you get the blue and then you get like all the, I don't know, Purple beauty snakes like as a whole are just amazing. Uh, blue beauties, especially like the ones that are like that real cobalt blue or the in that gray. Because, you know, some blues can have the greenish yellow tinge to them, which I'm not a big fan of. The, I mean, I like them all, but like I like the ones that are that real steel blue and gray. 
those are the ones I like. Because like beauty snakes are just, I don't know. I don't know how anybody could, if you're into snakes or just kind of into snakes, I don't know how anybody couldn't see a beauty snake and be like, wow, that's awesome. It's called a fucking beauty snake. I, I, I just don't <laughs> yeah. want to deal I mean, with for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I don't know how anybody couldn't like those. I mean, they're, they're so awesome. I mean, you breed them. Their eggs feel like chicken eggs. What? It's so different. Yeah, they're not leathery. They're kind of like, yeah, they're they're kind of hard. And when they actually lay, instead of like most colubrids where they just lay them and like fuck you, like they'll lay them and kind of wrap around them almost like a python. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, the the red tails too, but I never really messed with them much. The Ganyasoma, the the red tail greens. Yeah, I don't really have the balls to. Uh, I've heard. Oh yeah, they're things. all dicks. Well, see, all those, well, no, and and all those bigger, heard, you know, they're all imports at this. I mean, even they, they are most of them. Yeah. There's only a few people that really produce them. And it, it even still, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, I produce those. I'm like, yeah, you're so full of shit. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't produce those. Yeah. Well, Melissa's so. looking at me because, like, we went way over time. Oh yeah, no, it's cool. I, I figured we were because like we just kept talking, and I was like, most of the shows I watched are like two hours. Yes, <laughs> some of us have to wake up early in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, guys. Well. All right. All right, Ryan. <laughs> I, I like forgot how we end the show for a second. Ryan, how can people contact you? Facebook. Don't say anything stupid. I'll send you a giant thumb. Um. That's pretty much it right now. Just Ryan Rumley, no other page. Facebook. That's it. Yeah, don't send my wife a friend request. She'll be like, hey, the fuck is this? Why do your friends send me friend requests? <laughs> so, yeah, just send me just send me one. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Arkansas thing I was trying to get, I need some Slowinski eye from Arkansas. I, I don't think anyone in the hobby has Pantherovis Lewinsky eye from Arkansas. So, uh, if you can. What the? What the hell is a... Yeah, you're going to have to Google it. What the hell is that? I'm about to send you a blue thumb, man. Well, the other yeah, name do it. for it that James is to get on you, here's what the other name is. What, for Slowinski? Oh, it's Slowinski's corn snake. I don't know, it's Slowinski. Is it that Yeah, people call it Kasachis, but it's not. I don't know if you know that. Oh, 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 the whole corn snake thing. The Kasachi corns. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about oh, Solinsky. <laughs> oh, now that I get that, that's that's funny. But it's like they don't. I, people don't recognize. I don't know. People thought they were like a a hybrid of a gray rat or a uh, no, and an emery. So, but okay. but I think they're great small. outro. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I this. What do you? <laughs> If anyone wants to reach us, obviously, if you're watching this right now, you know we have a YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on the downloads, you know Fort City Pythons and our From the Ground podcast. But if you don't know, we have an Instagram that's Port City Pythons and Facebook Port City Pythons. And our website, portcitypythons.com. If you want to email us, theportcitypythons.com. We it. will see you next week. Man, Monday. that's it. Um, or we might be doing a special show. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a, a good uh, reptile show update type of thing. 
Okay, a small little extra bonus podcast. Yeah, an extra boner. That's not weekend. what I said. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank, Thank you, Ryan. Ryan. All right, guys. We'll see everyone later. Later, everyone.